how very much I've loved you. How very much I've tried my best to give you the good life. Don't you want a world of unconditional love and brotherhood? We have the secrets to self-improvement. You can join us and be special. Join our elite mission to save the world. Since the death of God, there's been a vacancy open. You could fill that void. Here's how. We'll title this tape. Welcome to the Cult of Comics. Actually, it's true, usually he I've comes been, I'm just like counting yeah. down the seconds, like... <laughs> counting down the days. I literally almost made a Borat joke right when you said like Lithuania or... He's holding it in. He's holding it in like it's an old I was like, no, no, low-hanging fruits. I can't mention Borat to... every episode. <laughs> yeah, he's about to start coughing up blood. <laughs> yeah, just like the nose just like starts... Jokes, man? Dripping out my nose, just like my ears <laughs> stop bleeding. <laughs> All right, I guess we can get started on it, right? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Welcome to the Cult Comics Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler. This is Sean, that's Josh, and we're three dudes who met on the internet to make a podcast. If you've never been on the show before, we're a comic book media podcast where we talk about comic book related things, and we're going to be merging our episodes today, uh, our news episode and our comic book episode, because there is very little comic book... Uh, comic books to read for us uh, and a bit of news but nothing that we can't just like zoom on through so uh, let's just get started there's uh, been an announcement about Daredevil season 4 with uh, new writers and producers and people are having mixed reactions finally I did my waiting <laughs> <laughs> 12 years you should have Go on. done this um, back in January right after Hawkeye yeah. and Spider-Man No Way Home finished they kind of let the steam fizzle out a bit. Or they should have yeah. done this like after She-Hulk where characters are speculated to be appearing. Mm. Or I mean, after Echo, even. Doesn't doesn't it make sense for the the delay to be because of like contracting? Because I mean they only just put up the Netflix shows on Disney Plus. I don't think there was a problem oh, yeah. with that. Like as soon as they had the characters they were allowed to use them. To an extent, I mean, but they, I think they've already they appeared in properties. As soon as they announced that they were going to be on Disney Plus, probably would have been a good time to announce it. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised that there's less conversation revolving around Hulk now that She-Hulk is around because, you know, this is going to be the first time that we've had a Hulk property since the Incredible Hulk with Edward we'll, Norton. We'll get onto that, Tyler. We'll get onto that. We're talking about Daredevil. Well, now. that's next. I I am. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. I'm just saying that contractually. It, I, I feel like it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, all of those characters were tied specifically to Netflix. Yeah. And, you know, making sure that still, they were able to get back onto this property. Still owned by Disney, right? Yes, but, like, yes. leased out. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. And the lease is over. Which is weird, actually. When did Daredevil first come out? 2016 or 2015? That sounds right. It had to have been 2015. It's it been a, a long time. A five-year deal? Seven-year deal? Six-year deal? Um, episode I mean, they one... Didn't... Yeah, it, was 20, it ran from 2015 to 2018. And so, then here's Netflix my... cancelled it in order to focus on their own oh, yeah. series that they own, where they don't have to pay for Here's my prediction. I, I think that... I think that Disney and Marvel were trying to go through Netflix to create the shows that they wanted to create and then realized that Netflix was not going to be the 
place to be for that. And obviously, Disney stepped in and was like, let's make the shows on Disney Plus. We'll do our own streaming yeah. service. Yeah, well, they were given to them because they were like, we'll there's not really a place at Disney for like these characters to have a movie or like yeah. anything like that. And they were like, we'll let Netflix handle them. Like, these creators want to do that. And it let them sort of have free reign with like gore, brutality, violence, all that kind of thing that Disney doesn't really do. Yeah. And then Netflix wanted to move on to their own properties. They didn't want to yeah. share the money with anyone else. I'm kind of Which surprised. is strange. Stranger yeah. things. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was kind of surprised that, you know, maybe it's taken a little longer than I thought it would take because I think a lot of the shit that the TV shows get uh, is attributed to uh, Ike Perlmutter. Uh, but Ike has been basically on the outs uh, up until about 2019. So, Who is he? He was the uh, he former was head of Marvel Entertainment. Marvel Entertainment. Uh, Marvel Entertainment. So he ran the TV show aspect of Marvel. So Feige's running the movies. Perlmutter was running the television properties. Okay, that makes sense. Does, uh, uh, Josh, well, you would probably know this. Help me out here. Um, was Avi Arid tied to any of the Netflix stuff? He works at uh, Sony. Oh, yeah, he is a Sony exclusive. Yeah, thank you. You're right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Avi Arid was... Uh, I mean, he's he's CCO of Marvel Entertainment. So he is kind of tied oh. to that. He's, um, he's more producer and whatnot on, like, Every out there movie, yeah, it's mostly Sony stuff. Daredevil, uh, all the Spider-Man movies, Punisher, Hulk, Fantastic well, Four, the, X-Men. Yeah, the Spider-Man movies I knew about because he was the reason why Spider-Man 3, Sam Raimi, ended up yeah. getting pushed like for Venom. But, you know, the, the rumor is that Spider-Man 3 was done, and yeah. Avier was like, we gotta put Venom in there to sell toys. As far as TV goes, he was really only involved in the animated TV shows. He's not involved in anything sure. uh, live action for the TV shows. Okay. So, Sean has strong opinions about these new creators on the Daredevil show, and I would like you it's to... It's not necessarily strong opinions on these new creators. Like, yeah. I do have some opinions. And, and where, some like, of it does go to uh, Jeff Loeb as well. Yeah, he was oh. the head oh, of yeah. the Netflix shows, I yeah. believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's executive yeah. vice president for Marvel Television. Yeah. I'm really surprised but, um, he never did a Nova thing. Well, that was sort Yet. of... They had dibs on the movie. and yeah. Well, I mean, he based that new Nova off his kid who died. You know, you would think that that would be a priority. Yeah, but he sort of lost his mind and doesn't write good anymore. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, no. the poor guy experienced yeah. really, really bad hardship, and ever since then, it's just not been the same for him. You know, res respect to him. No shade on him for that yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, like, you can see his work before then. It's, like, all-time classics constantly. Then after that, you have, like, Ultimatum and stuff like that. It was just bad. Oh, Ultimatum was so bad. Yeah. It's, like, I remember reading that when I was, like, first getting into comics and thinking that was the coolest thing ever, and then I read it much later, and I was like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, I... One of the first runs I ever read was Ultimate Spider-Man. And I was like, okay, yeah. this event like fits in here, so I need to go read that. And, oh mm -hmm. no, I've finished like one issue of Ultimate Spider-Man, I skipped to the next one. It's like Jameson like narrating as New York's attacked, and like he sees Spider-Man like, jumping in to save a kid that's like underwater or something. 
Oh, yeah. And yeah, that was the uh, uh, ultimatum tie-in, I think, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I've missed something, so I googled it, and it was like, oh, this ultimatum event, and I read it, and I just remember being like, this is before I really knew about creators and how much impact they have on stories and stuff. And I was kind of reading it, I was like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. I remember... Well, you know what, we'll, we'll talk about yeah. that eventually anyway, at some um, point, but anyways, the yeah, new, sorry. The new writers and producers are Matt Corman and Chris Ord, and they are best known for Covert Affairs, which was a series on oh, okay. something. I'm not familiar at all. Yeah, it's, it's a spy thing. I think that I've had, like, scrolled uh, past it on Netflix Piper before. And, yes. uh, I can't think of the dude's name. My, like, I wish they'd brought back Drew Goddard and those writers but I I don't want this to feel like the other Disney Plus shows. I've enjoyed the Disney Plus stuff but I hated Kingpin in them and I don't want it to just feel like a more generic superhero thing I'm, I'm in the middle think... of rewatching Daredevil at the minute and it's got like such a unique feel to everything else we've had from the MCU Sure. and I, sure. I want that tone maintained I don't, I don't want... think you have to worry too much but I Kingpin Honestly, was so cartoony and shit in Hawkeye. I'm I'm so, I'm gonna say ignore that part entirely and focus on Moon Knight because look but at the it way still, that, that it was, went. I loved Moon Knight. It's still very different. They were like, oh, Moon Knight's gonna be the darkest thing the MCU's done oh, so yeah. far. And then, and like I said, it barely scratched the surface of they, Daredevil. <laughs> anytime there was like a bunch of action about to happen, a, you know, a fist fight or something, they would cut away. So we yeah. see the beginning and the end of the fight. Or, you know, uh, <clears throat> shit, what's the guy's name? Jack? The third Jake. Uh, yes. Jake. Jake would take over, and we wouldn't see that part, which is yeah. part of the mystery. But they yes. chose to do it in that way that we don't see the actual action up until yes, the last but... episode where we do see the fights. That's the, the intent of that is to, to foreshadow. That's it. So the yeah, reason but... why I bring up Moon Knight is strictly just this. Not that you should look at Moon Knight as the example of their willingness to uh, be violent, necessarily. But, but they promoted Moon Knight as being the... Formula. Yeah, but it still ended up in a big CGI fight at the end with... It just... But... You, you look at Daredevil and that scene where he's like screaming in Kingpin's face like, I beat you. I can't imagine that happening in a Disney Plus show. I'm imagining some, like I mean, the, the Hawkeye finale fight where she like throws a cufflink at an electric arrow that triggers them all and takes them down. It's going to be stupid sure. comic booky shit like that. And so I you would think it's going to be pl- like a really neutered version of Daredevil? I think so. Okay. So I don't disagree necessarily, but if you're going back and rewatching Daredevil on Disney Plus now, I'm, which I'm assuming I'm you are, rewatching it, yeah. Is it has it been edited? No. So there you go. That's the point I'm trying to make. Is but if, my if they is, were going to do that, but my then problem why is, would it, they they've just already, edit down everything that they already have? But Disney Plus already has all the Fox stuff on it that's darker as well. But I'm like, they can have that already there. But are they going to keep it the same going forward, or are they going to do that Disneyfied version of stuff? I can hear. I hear what you're saying, and I don't necessarily disagree. I guess I'm just saying that they're at least going to have some tone from the original series because in order to do a continuation or something you can't just jump into something and be really jarring otherwise it's just ass but like the way they handled kingpin and hawkeye worries me could you imagine wilson fisk from daredevil ever wearing that hawaiian floral shirt that was the king that was kingpin in hawkeye imagine it like this imagine if kingpin showed up in 
uh, one of the other Disney but imagine if Ms. They, Marvel. Imagine if they just had him show up and just be the brute he was in Daredevil. Just how, like, what the fuck out of left field that would have been. But instead, they neutered him. Yeah. Come on. We know I... Vincent D'Onfrio is just capable of so much more than just being a brute. But I don't necessarily mean a brute, but I mean the darker version. Instead of just mean. that cheesy fight with Kate in that arcade thing or toy shop, whatever it was. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I, know, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I well, my, feel that my way problem about is more they treated him. They treated him more yeah, as a fight. brute, but a neutered yeah. version of a brute, as opposed to the epic. Whatever he was in Daredevil. One of my favorite parts of Daredevil was in season two when Punisher tapes Daredevil down and recreates that scene from the Garth Ennis run and like puts the gun in his hand and is like in order for you to stop me you have to kill me mm. that recreation of that was fantastic and I really don't think that that's going to be something they stray that far away from look guns I, I already exist in like, guns exist in the universe blood exists in the universe I, I feel like they're not have, going have, to have gore have we, have we seen but... blood in the universe yet yeah when maybe a little dripping down seen... your mouth or out of your nose I mean, yeah. It, it, in Endgame, they fucking squeezed Loki to death until his eyes almost popped out of his head. I mean, True. I'm just saying. But did we see blood? But he's an ice giant. He just, you know, yeah. the, he just went the mirage, the image just kind of faded away. Also, think about Multiple Verse of Madness. I mean, how, that's the first time we've seen True. something that, that is surprising. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're taking that. steps. Time will fucking tell blew with his this. head up, dude. Yeah. Time will tell with this, but I'm just apprehensive yeah. because so far... All so the Disney Plus stuff has seemed a bit watered down. Do we know who exactly is, um, which guys are producing? Like, you know, we mentioned Ike Perlmutter's out. I think Jeff Loeb is out. He got a lot of shit for Daredevil and some of the other shows. I'm looking well, at... season three was kind of yeah. ho-hum, I think. You know, well, season two of Punisher like, was uh, really bad. There, there's a portion here in his Wikipedia where he was uh, criticized for promoting negative stereotypes of East Asians and East Asia culture. What? In what? In Daredevil? Yeah. I think it was more all of the shows. Yeah, uh, it lists the shows. Uh, but for uh, Daredevil, uh, the actors who played uh, Nobu and uh, Gao... Uh, Madame Gao? Yeah, Gao. Uh, they were not, you know... They were not invited to premieres. They received less payment than extras. And I remember there was one allegation where um, someone said Jeff Loeb had said there'll never be a Asian-American lead in a superhero franchise. Yeah, yeah. they tried to pitch multiracial Asian-American versions of Iron Fist. Or, uh... What else is there? While promoting the second season of Iron Fist uh, at Comic-Con, Loeb appeared on stage wearing a karate gi and headband as part of a comic bit with the Iron Fist actress Jessica Henwick. I don't necessarily think that's... What? I don't necessarily think that's that offensive. It depends what he was doing. What you've described to me just sounds like someone having fun at a Comic-Con. Uh... Uh, accused Loeb of explaining to writers that there were three previous Marvel movies, a trilogy called Blade that was made where Wesley Snipes killed 200 Asians each movie. Nobody gives a shit, yeah. so don't write about Nobu and Gao. 
Yeah, I'm looking at that same Deadline article. It's uh, kind of weird. Did he ridicule really 200 uh, people each movie? Like 200 I don't know about that. It doesn't matter if it's I mean, verbally. It's the point he's yeah, trying to get true. across. Yeah. I mean, I feel like what he's trying to say is... I mean, I'm not trying to speak for him necessarily, but I feel like what he's suggesting is that the, the general public doesn't have a good response to it, but that's still not a good look. You know? Mm. I don't know why people still linger on the whole Iron Fist thing. I mean, the character's white. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I mean, if anything, it's it's a good thing I for this character to be... I find it funny that they've made him Asian in the comics now. It's a different character. Yeah. Yeah. They've been like, oh, I mean, we can't have a white ninja anymore. Yeah, we haven't gotten much out of Jeff Loeb lately. We had the Long Halloween special. Which was one of his on... better recent efforts. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see how things go anyways. I mean, I I really liked John Bernthal as Punisher, yeah. so I really want to see him come back as that character. With he said he'll come back, but he doesn't want to be in like a watered-down Disney Plus thing. Mm-hmm. He wants it to be yeah, the same tone him. before as before. It's Punisher. I mean, yeah. you can't really do it watered down. Just cut away every gunfight. <laughs> I mean, you could do an implied like massacre, I suppose, but at the same time, the, it just the wouldn't only, have the effect. The only previously R-rated franchise I want to see go PG-13 is Deadpool 3 because I think that would be so funny. That would be funny. That just have him funny. like try and swear and just keep like being like oh fudge like and then just like getting really angry that he can't yeah, swear. Make the make the ADR just completely obvious. Yeah. Yes. Like, we had to go back no, to the studio agree. and re-record it, and it's just him going fudge. Or like a different <laughs> actor just doing the voice the uh, voiceover. Yeah, but have him aware yes, of it absolutely. in universe. Just be like, "Hey, who was that? That wasn't me." Just like, why oh, can't yes, I say this? Absolutely. Like... That would be a great way to kind of pay homage to the idea that uh, Daredevil has that inner monologue or combative dialogue between himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like, it does that like beep where it senses something, and he's like, "What the f- like? What the beep was that?" And he's like looking up trying to work out what that sound was. And like when he's just wearing like, a Mickey cu- Mouse hat. Yeah, and when he's like just cutting through fuckers, just like mm-hmm. be like, why is there no blood? He's, he's just like poking it with his katana on the floor, like, why is there nothing coming out of this guy? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Something's wrong here. Like, I, I, actually, I, I think they could have here. <laughs> this is weird. Like the guy huh. the guy still dies, just nothing comes out, and he's just like really confused. I think they this could have weird, a lot of really fun weird. with that. <laughs> No, I think I completely agree. I think that that would be uh, a good meta take on it. Uh, mm-hmm. I really want him. I really, really, really want them to identify him as a uh, Disney princess. Though that would be my favorite. Yeah, Deadpool as Disney princess is my favorite. I want. It, I want to see him like recreate a scene from like Aladdin. Yeah. Just like uh, the movie starts, oh, even... you know, you know where he's like sat on the bridge in the first one, like singing along to. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Um, was it a Cindy Lauper song or yeah? Where he's just like sat on the bridge. I just like yeah. that. He's just like singing just along to like, "Can you feel the love tonight?" or something, or just like I an actually, Aladdin song. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Kenny G. Um, <laughs> that would be fantastic. Um, should we talk about She-Hulk? Yes, let's. So the She-Hulk trailer dropped. It looks awesome. There are incels already mad. It's kind of funny. 
Um, there are a no. There are so part, many really incels mad and so many other guys that are just like fucking horny now. Please, yes, they are. They're like, please cradle Death me, by mommy. Sneeze, yeah, that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the annoying thing: is there are people, and this is mostly Twitter, so you know it's like just like twelve angry kids in their mom's basement or whatever. But yeah. um, they're angry because she looks like she does in the comics, you know? Like, she's not, like, a super overly ripped... Yeah, like, she's a big green I, woman. I had a friend send me, and he was like, why isn't she big like Hulk? And I'm like, because she's not a proper Hulk. She's not just kind of got some Hulk. of his blood in her. <laughs> yeah. She's 77 cents so, on the dollar Hulk. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I had an interesting thought. Um, you remember at the end of Shang-Chi, when they have the... Uh, hologram of Bruce Banner. Yeah. Oh yeah. How? I don't know, what but do someone how? points out he's wearing handcuffs in the... that scene. He's wearing like mm. the same handcuffs as in this trailer. I don't think he has the handcuffs. He had an arm brace. He had something on his wrist that was like glowing blue. Oh yeah. On his other arm, his good arm. Okay, maybe maybe uh, Miss Marvel is gonna steal that from him, and that's what she's wearing. They're all about that new energy Maybe. source. That's not the Infinity mm. Stones. I'm, I, I mean, I really want them to actually do another Hulk film at some point, but I mean, I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with this. I really liked the Edward Norton film. I don't know why people hate on it so much. It was, uh, I thought it was good. It, I liked it. I think it had problems, but it was still fun. Yeah, no, yeah. 100% agree. 100% agree. And but, I think compared, the to I this, about it, compared to this watered down Hulk we've had recently... It seems very I, I good in hindsight. Yeah, I think it's proper to compare like the Eric Bana Hulk to the Edward Norton Hulk. I don't think we need mm -hmm. to. I don't think we need to compare Edward Norton to Mark Ruffalo because it's. I'm it's supposed confused. to be the same character. The Eric Bana Hulk yes. is completely separate. Yeah, well, the Eric Bana Hulk is. I can't believe that that was Ang Lee. I just watched House, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and that's such an incredible film. And that first we'll Hulk film is so strange. The studio fucked him. Like, I still enjoyed a lot about it, but yeah. I, I mean, I recognize that it was really flawed. I'm, okay, so here's the thing. At the, like, three quarters of the way through that Hulk film, we got the introduction of the foreshadowing of uh, the the maestro, whatever, what's his name? The Hulk uh, enemy? The brain Heck, dude? Not Hexa Hammond. Modoc? Oh, shit. No. Mastermind. No, no, no. Megamind. Mastermind, something. thank you. Yeah. So, we had that, we've had that for, like, ten years, maybe longer. And oh, we've just never had him show up. And that oh, guy was perfectly cast for that one, character. Not yeah. the yeah. Eric Banner one. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the you, Eric you Banner did, one. You did say Eric Banner, Tyler. Well, I was just so, talking about the Eric yeah, Banner one, um, then I jumped. Sorry. Tim Blake Remember Nelson. Remember he was from Holes? Tim Blake yes. Nelson as the mastermind, yeah. And it's uh, Tim Roth is back as Abomination. I know. Somehow That's exactly he's what I was saying. able to come out of uh, and his form. Do you know who He's else is in this? Who? Uh, Benedict Wong Morbius. is being confirmed for this as well. <laughs> what, Venom? Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wait, what? Is Benedict Venom going to be the new uh, Captain Fury? Benedict Wong. Yeah. Wong. BD Wong. No, not Wong. BD. Sorry. Yeah, because obviously he's there. Huh? Just thinking what about Venom being like the new Nick Fury, like just kind of slip it into different scenes in every single movie. Just like 
No Spider-Man here? No I'm Spider-Man here to talk to you about, I'm here to talk to you about the Sony initiative. <laughs> I'm excited for this. This looks good. This looks like it's really yeah. going to be... I, uh, I have some nitpicks with the CGI in a few places. Yeah. Her her face especially looks a little. On. I hope so. Yeah. Because like the figure looks good, it's just her face in several scenes looks really cartoony. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. I don't think I want to watch any more trailers, but I do want to see more. Uh, no, I've explore. kind of given up with trailers at the minute. Like my friends yeah. sent yeah. me the new Obi Wan trailer the other day, and I was just like, I I'm not watching it. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, did you guys ever watch The Good Place? It's on my list. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. So Jamila Al Jamil is playing Titania. Mm-hmm. And I think we got maybe a split second view of her at all in the trailer. I, yeah, I I've seen see the still going round, but I haven't I she's didn't good, actually notice her in the trailer. Choice for that. Yeah. Hmm. That'll be interesting. Does I mean this, does this relate into your Titanosaurus LGBTQ? No, <laughs> I just found that online and thought it was funny. Yeah, I have no idea what it's even referring to, so I, it's it's completely even over my head. I just thought it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this is uh, this is actually giving me a lot of high hopes because that Tim Roth uh, characterization was really really good. I, I loved that. I thought it was fantastic. So I mean, I have a lot of high hopes for this. Um, this looks and like it's going to be really funny. I love yeah, Tatiana Maslany. It's an all-out comedy. Is what well, it's being described as. I'm sure that they they're billing it as that, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's going to have more depth than just a simple comedy. But well, yeah, comedies can have depth. Oh, Jennifer Walters. Sorry, I thought you said Jessica Walter. I wanted to fit a Jessica Walters joke in here somewhere. Isn't she dead now? Jesus, Sean. <laughs> Who's Jessica Walters? She's Ganji from Arrested Development. Oh, yes. Because anytime I, I hear Jennifer Walters, I think of Jessica Walter. She would have played a good Hulk. Who who here has ADHD? I forget. I think Not we me. all do. I, I, I'm more like uh, John Nash. I've just got too much dopamine going around in my head, and I can just spot the patterns, man. I think we should just change the name of the show to yes. Cult of ADHD. The CIA is chasing me. Don't let them on to me. <laughs> this uh, iteration of the Abomination looks really strange. Have you seen the images of it? Uh, well, it's the same one from, from Shang-Chi, where he's got the ears It's, it's the Shang-Chi version. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Shang-Chi version, sure. But, like, here, I'm dropping it into the chat. Okay. Look at this face. That needs some more. Yeah, he does look more amphibious compared to has he got a hole. massive has he got a hole blown out of his abdomen yeah, something it kind of looks maybe like there's it. like maybe he's wearing pants who knows i don't think he wears anything I mean, during the fights i don't think he was wearing anything in shang chi was he? oh it's his it's the same it's his prison robe thing that's falling off mm. okay because that was like red with like a black v-neck and black tops of sleeves okay it just yeah, looks kind of i guess that makes sense something just kind of looks flat about it yeah, yeah, I mean, his, it's the face for me. The face does look strange. That's the kind of face I, I expect know, I, Ben Grimm to have. Like, I have less issues with the amphibious nature of it, and I just... I, I mean, in the Edward Norton Hulk, I mean, he just looked like a goddamn monster. You yeah. Know? It was he very... I, he's supposed to look kind of amphibious. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, he's that's comic book accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm 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 all for it. You know, I'm up for a little bit of change here. And yeah. There. Nothing. Nothing oh, wrong. Oh man, with that. what if this turns into like? Well, it's the been Flash like thirteen, and, uh, fourteen years. He's evolved. Yeah. Yeah. He's a chill dude now. He's not gonna try and get inside her head and turn her against Bruce. Turn into the dark side. He wasn't a Let's bad dude here. in the original, was he? I, I haven't seen that film in years. He was just a military guy taking orders, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, he gets kind of mad gets with power. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. He wants more power. Yeah, he, he gets really hooked on the fighting with Hulk. I mean, my favorite scene in that whole film is when he's literally sprinting at Hulk, and then he's just like, hit me, hit me, hit me. Mm-hmm. That, that portion was oh, awesome. Oh, man. I need to go back and watch that movie again. Because there's so it's many. It's a good film. I mean, like there, there's hints at the Super Soldier Serum for Captain America. Like we had. Say that five times fast. Super Soldier Serum. Yeah. Okay. Once is enough. Twice. <laughs> All right. Three times. Shh. Playing with yourself then. Yeah, basically. I don't know. I'm looking forward to this. I think that the people who. This happens every time something happens in comic oh, books. Right. There's always somebody who doesn't actually read comics that has like an opinion on things, and it's just like, shut up, just shut the fuck up. Um, the showrunner and lead writer on this is, I forget her name, but she is the one who wrote the Pickle Rick episode of Rick and Morty. Right. Yeah. So Shane she's Gow. she's really being typecast as the green writer. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. yeah. All right. In a way, yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> she's James Cameron's opposite. <laughs> <laughs> He's the blue guy. She's the green guy. With, green girl. Uh, Gausser's of head has head writer, while Cat uh, Koiro is leading the directing team. Uh, who has <laughs> done many different shows: Brooklyn Nine Nine, The Mick, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Shameless, Modern Family. Which stuff Dead in It's me. Always Sunny did she write? Um, it doesn't say here. I'm going to have to go to her IMDb page. Yeah, because if it's anything after season 12, I'm less hyped for this show all of a sudden. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Back in 2018, four episodes. I'm out. The gang wins the big game. Charlie's home alone. Time's up for the gang. And the gang gang beats Boggs. Ladies reboot. They were not good episodes. Eh, were they were they not or are you just really have okay no like, way i'm gonna click opinions. on them and i will tell you their imdb rating we got a 7.0 6.8 9.2 times up for the which game which was that's it times up for the game and a six strikes me as um so they were Sean, they were all low things. except for one of them oh yeah that's a, the section a, six, one. That's a good. six point something is still decent no for a tv sh- for a tv show episode that is bad TV shows tend to average higher than movies do. Yeah. Let's see. Mm. Uh, maybe people just don't like the female-centered episodes. This no, one... season season 13 onwards just wasn't good. Yeah, season 12 should be in the end. Let's see. Patty's has been put on a list of bars that are sexually hostile to women, so the gang must attend a sexual harassment seminar in order to get off the list. That sounds like a good time for them. I can see everything going wrong. Uh, I've got a clip to send you of... Um, it's an interview of the gang on Conan. Okay. And they're just ripping into Danny DeVito, and it's so funny. All right. 
Uh, let's see. So She-Hulk, the first episode's not actually coming out until August 17th, which is way later than I expected. <clears throat> well, we've still I got thought... Obi-Wan, then Ms. Marvel, and then... Oh, right. Ms. Marvel's coming before that. My bad. I, yeah. I had the order switched. I'm like, if this is coming out August 17th, there won't be time for Ms. Marvel. But if Ms. Marvel's coming out before, yeah. it's probably fine. And then I don't know what the following show is after this. Oh, yeah. Miss Marvel comes out June 8th. Oh, man. I didn't know they'd be airing at the same time as Obi-Wan. Hmm. Obi-Wan got pushed back, well, though. It, yeah, I. it seemed like they were trying to kind of offset. Maybe the schedule just got too busy because it seems like, oh, no, we're Obi- off for a couple of weeks, Obi-Wan then we have was another Star Wars start. show, then we're off for a couple of weeks, and then we have a Marvel show. Just to keep everybody, like... You have to keep your subscription if you want to keep catching things. Yeah, no, Obi-Wan's premiere got pushed back two weeks, I think. Or maybe three weeks. Hmm. So that comes out this it was week, supposed doesn't it? To... Yeah. Wednesday? I'm so excited. Soon, jeez, alright. I hope it's good. Um, I, I mean, I'm really not concerned about these things. better you know? than Boba Fett. I'm dead serious when I say this. The only thing that I have like crazy high expectations for, things that I don't want to be disappointed about, is the Green Lantern show, if that ever even gets made. I yeah. hope it sucks purely for you. <laughs> All right, Miss <laughs> Marvel is going to be on? six episodes, and She-Hulk is going to be nine episodes. Okay, cool, sick. I'm down for this. This yeah. looks like it's yeah. going to be a nice, fun, hulky There's, adventure. There is plenty of surprises in here. Uh, what are your guys' I, thoughts on Miss Marvel? Because it looks very child-focused. I mean, I'm not Josh Gorshin I'm not going to hate on you. it. Yeah, it's it's probably not for me, and I'm not yeah. going to. I mean, I'll probably check out the first episode. Yeah, and I, see if I'm I like not going to. Uh, I'm not going to judge it for not being for me. I know there's going to be a load of incels online like, oh, this is so kiddie friendly. How dare oh, Kevin yeah. Feige? I'm not going to pay too much attention to like the reviews or the scores because I'm sure all those guys are going to be trying to you know, review yeah. on it. Yeah. Probably. I mean, you know what they did with the Captain Marvel fucking incels. Yeah. Um. So we're about uh, forty minutes in. Show. That's yeah. 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 So other bit of news: uh, Wonder Twins and Riverdale have both been canceled. The Wonder Twins movie has been confirmed as canceled, and Riverdale is being canceled after how many seasons? Um, seven. Season, uh, season that's seven will be hasn't last. been produced yet. Will be its final. Wonder Twin powers okay. deactivate. <laughs> I hate you. Um, but yeah, it's weird they bothered announcing Wonder Twins considering it got cancelled like a month later. I mean, maybe I'm surprised they soon. even bothered announcing it. Yeah, maybe yeah, it they should. Like, we were kind of thinking about doing this, and then people kind of ran with it before they were supposed to. I guess I don't no know. No one really talked strange. about it. It wasn't. I uh, as far as I saw, nobody was like memeing on it or anything. Just people were like, "No, yeah, they tried to do that in Smallville. It was fine." Um, I mean, it was. Let's be it was literally here. a month ago. Um, the movie was announced on the fifteenth of April. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it was cancelled a month later. I mean, this happens. You know, there's always going to be development in hell. I remember yeah, just 15 why, years why ago, there was it? an announcement about uh, the Akira film being produced True. by Leonardo DiCaprio, and nobody remembers what that was announcement it, sorry? whatsoever. The Akira film being produced by uh, Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. 15 years ago never happened. Well, did, shit, how many films have been announced with Leonardo attached to it that never got produced? Uh, they were, I know. He's been attached to so many things. 
him and Martin Scorsese were working on a film that I was really excited for, which was The Devil in the White Castle, which was oh, about H.H. Yeah. H. Holmes. Right, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. it just it that was, was in two thousand eight just... or two thousand nine. That's what we were talking about. Was that two thousand eight? No, they announced this like 2015, 2016, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, unless no, no, no. they'd been working on it since then. Yeah, but yeah, then like we last year they were like, oh yeah, Leo's. Wikipedia. Yeah, then like last year they were like, oh yeah, Leo's not in it anymore. It might be Devil Keanu in the Reeves. City. Leonardo DiCaprio purchased the film rights to the book in two thousand ten. Sounds like Leo DiCaprio is pulling a Jeff Johns and just just claiming onto properties. <laughs> I he declare really this my property. Oh, um, yes. yeah. So Keanu Reeves is cast in the Devil in the White City, which is now a TV miniseries, which we talked about a long time ago. Yes, and it's going to come out in between. It's going to come out in between John Wick Four and Five. Yeah. John and... Wick Six, <laughs> The Wickening. The Wickening. And um, Eric Larson is writing it. Sure, that's strange. Don't know who okay. it is. Steve is Eric Larson is back, not a comic writer. And he's writing it. Weird. Um, Riverdale is not on my watch list anymore. So I I yeah. want to watch out morbid curiosity. When the CW purged all their shows like two or three weeks ago, one of the comments I saw time. was like. Um, they're just freeing up the budgets and the Riverdale cast to space. <laughs> that show. Fuck. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's really not KJ Apper's week, is it? Because both no, those announcements no, came within maybe, a few days of each other. Maybe they uh, decided not to do the movie because Riverdale got renewed for a seventh and final season. It's like, oh, he's going to be too busy for the movie. I feel like CW has been canceling stuff left and right anyways. There's got to be some sort of a really big change coming well, that's going to be really dramatic. Sold. We talk- no, I know about the merger, but I'm talking about something bigger. No, CW has been sold. I understand that, but I'm saying that that's they not might the be merger. shifting again. That's not the merger. They're They've shifting been sold. reality TV. You're missing what I'm saying. I'm thinking that maybe CW is going to rebrand. Probably. Probably. Yeah. They were the yeah. WB before that. Yeah. yeah. Well, then before that was like every UPN or five something. years yeah. or so, they do a content shift. Yeah, something like that. Just... Anyway, yeah, yeah. The Not much else to say about that. Beyond, beyond, Ugh. beyond. Um, Bit of cool announcements. Uh, Deceased Three has been announced uh, by Tom Taylor. War of the Undead Gods. Uh, he has announced on social media that this is uh, ha- this has been his plan all along. It was always meant to be a trilogy, and this will be the final part of his Undead series. Yes. Whether we get some more like sort of spin-off tie-ins things in there, like he did that Unkillables miniseries. He did Hope at World's End. There might be some like more stuff in. For, what were think... sales like? The first arc versus the second. I think pretty consistent. Definitely, like, it won't be as high, but I think it was still a good seller. It was a really good seller. I yeah. think it actually peaked at, like, issue five of the first series. Yeah. I might be mistaken. It's kind of weird that they... Um, I mean, when did the first arc come out? 2017, I want to say. Maybe yeah. 2018, I push. Which is, like, a decade too late. 2019. Marvel did Marvel Zombies in, like, 2007 or eight. Yeah. So DC did it from May to October 2019. And then we got the second series last year, year before. Mm. I don't remember. 
but yeah, oh, yeah. this is Which I wanted hopefully to it's about the about the wonder twins was you know dc wanted to just you know rack up their kill count of movies that get announced and then not made they're like oh man we're releasing too many movies and not canceling enough of them <laughs> so we've released one whole movie this year it's too much it's not even part of the dc eu It'll be cool to see this uh, come to fruition. It looks like it's going to be focused on the anti-life equation being tied to Darkseid. Yeah, because so. we've still got Darkseid infected, and we've still got Superman in the sun. Yeah. So it's still so a little looking... equation and Darkseid? Never seen them in the same room before in my life. So the expanded materials include Deceased, A Good Day to Die, number one, Deceased, Unkillables, one through three, Deceased, Hoped at World's End, one through fifteen, Dead Planet 1 through 7, which was the sequel series, uh, and the upcoming one will be an 8-issue miniseries. So it'll be the longest one of the main storyline so far. Cool. And how does this tie in to the death of the Justice League? It does not. Not at all. No. Josh um, really doesn't know cool DC, does he? No. <laughs> no, not at all. I've never heard of it before in, in my life. So... Earlier, before we got started, Sean, you were saying that you feel like Tom Taylor does better on miniseries and short runs yeah. than on extended, like, long-running series. I feel like, so far, I've read two ongoings by him, and while I love Nightwing, I think it's a really fun book, the overall story is practically non-existent at this point. It's We've had, like, six issues of Nightwing just trying to avoid assassination, and each issue is just a fun, like, oh, here's him hanging out with a bud. Perhaps it's, he's got a timeline seems... that he has to adhere to on this. Yeah, but then Superman as well. the tie-ins. But for like the yeah, miniseries, like... he's got his own arc that he can plot out and not have to worry about. But we had like the first three... Story. We had the first three issues which set up some stuff and like we had introduced into a new bad guy who's like hunting homeless kids and that was really cool and then it just kind of spells yeah, it's like, hey, it's cool. <laughs> it was like, hey, here's a cool issue that's just all one long panel. Hey, here's a cool scene of like, we'll have a flashback to Alfred and Bruce arguing when he's a kid. It, it's just like, it's the same complaint as the Son of Kal-El book where like, I feel like those first, the first three issues had a lot of story crammed into them. And then we haven't really moved on to anything new in the 10 issues since then. So I, I hear, I hear what you're saying. It's had some and... really good character moments and a lot of character sure. work, but just overall story, I don't think he can. He's really good at like doing an ongoing of. I have a realization that I think you're probably going to have a hard time with. Apply this same criticism towards Bendis. Okay. What would be a good Bendis limited series? No, I'm saying that maybe this is the same thing that you have a complaint about with Bendis. Like, so the plot is kind of going on in the background, but there's mostly focusing mm. on character interaction. No, because I don't think Bendis does any good character work, and I think his stories are awful. Uh, it's like, okay, let me give you an example. Uh, that here's I, here's I really some really loved. good character work. Let's send this child off into space for six issues, and then he'll come back 15 years older. You always love touching on that part. Let me, let me give you an example of what I thought was really good. I loved the interactions between Lois and Clark in his Superman run. One of my favorite parts was seeing... Well, maybe not parts, but the several parts were seeing Lois act and behave so strongly in a way where it was very clear that she does not need Superman in order to feel empowered, you know? And the love that they have for each other is the respect that they have for each other. And the way that that shows is really beautiful. 
that being said, I also recognize that that's not like plot. You know, it's yeah, those I, character interactions. I just, but the thing is, I've got nothing to compare it to with Bendis, because he rarely writes a limited series. He wrote Event Leviathan, which was just awful. See, you say it was issues. awful, but in realistically, uh, uh, he actually just got over the health issues. He was, he almost died. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of him now, and it's like he lost a bunch of weight. He's lost a lot of weight. So he he's had. Um, he's 54, and he looks. 70. Jesus. Well, he dropped a ton. He dropped 100 pounds. I yeah. thought he was like 60. No, not yet. Uh, he was blind for months. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was an infection. <laughs> and uh, he. Well, that explains the quality of his comics. He was just doing text to speech. <laughs> You're such a yeah, dot object. Dot object. <laughs> I can't remember what the circumstances were, but it was also really hard for him because that was around the same time that his friend, the colorist, whose name escapes me, uh, also passed away from cancer. And a lot of people were dying around him. It was a really hard time in his life, and uh, leaning on some of the people in his life were, like, was some of the only solace he's had. Um, since then, he's had a lot less work being pumped out. He used to pump out, like, six issues a month, you know? I feel like when he writes fewer things, it's better. Sure. He burns himself out really easily. I agree. I agree. So, I guess what I'm saying with Tom Taylor is maybe that same complaint comes through when he is burning himself out on longer runs because of that same issue. Yeah. Because I just maybe feel like when when he does like is. when he does like yeah. a one shot, like he did an annual of Batman and it was really heartwarming. It was like Bruce helping a kid. Oh no, it was that Father's Day issue he did. Mm-hmm. He can do some really beautiful character work, but I feel like when he does an ongoing, so far I've read a few ongoings by him, and it just it it lingers a lot, and yeah, it doesn't really move at any great speed because I feel like he's got ideas of like nice character moments he wants, and then he's trying to build story around it, and I feel like with an ongoing I mean- run, that's hard. I agree, but I also feel like there's a lot of other moving parts as well. I mean, there's a reason why it's been nominated. Nightwing's been nominated for an Eisner, right? So, or four Eisners, something like that. Um, Maybe we need. Yeah, because Bruno Redondo's a great artist. That fantastic one single long spread. Did you mean to put Eisner nominations instead of Emmy nominations? I did indeed. Okay, so. This is something that I just recently uh, fell into because I'm seeing a lot of Twitter drama with uh, creators of comics right now, and there's a lot of people who are attacking Tom Taylor for his Nightwing, Nightwing run for ableism. And now this is oh yeah yeah th- yeah yeah I've seen. Oh, this do as you well. know about this? With it's Bob fucking ridiculous. Gordon. So yeah, and they're uh, they're accusing him of not uh, have, being ableist because she doesn't like walk around with a cane. Or something. And it's like, well, she's been out of a wheelchair now for 11 years. It was 2011 she got out of a wheelchair. Yeah, don't worry. As yeah, long as and she's also, got that chip in her back. She's got the chip, and then she also has the suit that has, like, a thing. It's a fucking comic book. Get over it. Do they say I, I, about I wish she was in uh, any of the Marvel films? Um, well, we see, yeah, he wears those, like, leg brace things. I know, but nobody's, like, accusing him of needing to have used a uh, cane or anything there. No, but we literally see him with, like, robot leg support things yeah. on. But you're and we see him, like, struggling know, Barbara to Barbara Gordon also has some yeah. sort of... But it's leg. not visible, Josh. Yeah, exactly. It's not visible. Yeah. Oh, no. 
I don't know. I think it's a really dumb complaint. I feel like yeah. it's just people online who just feel like the need to attack. I, and I don't I get that... why he's getting the attack instead of the other writers before who have just disregarded the wheelchair. Entirely, yeah. Now, I guess the complaints that they're showing is that in comics like Batgirls, you know, she's walking around with a cane or sometimes she's in a wheelchair. You know, she yeah. does sometimes have to fall back on some of these support systems. But she's not, like, she's not in the field. It's not present day or something. Yeah. I mean, is she going out into the field as Batgirl right now? We haven't. She hasn't been in Nightwing. She's always just running recon, like sat on his couch, his apartment. I don't know. Is, yeah. Uh, so is the Joker is present day, and I think she's still. We only ever see her in the chair. I think. I don't think we. Ever yeah, she's kind of retired. She's kind of retired from the um, active duty. The bit. Oracle chair. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think we see her walking around at all in any of the. No, she's walking no. around in the most recent run of uh, Nightwing. No, I meant just in the Joker. Oh, and Joker. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, that's because in, like, that's because 12. James Tynan that's because James Tynan cares about people in wheelchairs, Josh, and oh, he doesn't yeah. want them to feel invalid. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> no, I think it's a weird complaint to be directed at him. If he was the one who just yeah. like, made up this magic chip to get out of a wheelchair, I'd say fair enough. But when he's writing something eleven years later, I don't yeah. really see the issue with. Yeah. I mean, his confrontation about it was, you know, I, I don't know, I'll have to talk to editorial about it. I've talked about this before with Bruno Redondo. I mean, she's got the back brace support in her suit, but she's not running around in the Batgirl costume right now. And they're just... Honestly, this is just people online just being stupid. That's what happens. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's get to move this on. Topic? I don't know. <laughs> Tom Taylor. <laughs> it's all his fault. Yeah. Um, what else? So the next thing is We've got... the announcement of the Batman One Bad Day event, which is a series of original graphic novels that are coming. They're each sixty-four graphic page. Novels. I don't. Wow. This article says one shots, sixty-four page one, one shots, shots, but like, I swear in, I swear in the tweets it said original. It just said OGNs. Yeah, these are going to be like the long Halloween OGNs. Yeah, so we've had an announcement of. Seven, eight. Yeah, everything but Joker. Every eight. other rogue. Yeah. Gets their own thing. They were announced like each on the hour the other day, and mm. it got to like the last, and I was like, "It's gonna, it's obviously gonna be Joker," and then it wasn't, and I was like, "Oh, they pulled a sneaky on me." <laughs> <laughs> um. Mm. So yeah, the first one that's been announced is the Riddler by Tom King and Mitch Gerrards. Which this has been teased on Twitter a little bit recently with Gerard's posting some artwork. I'm excited about this. Yeah, this is kind of the main one I'm excited for. Is that separate from the one that the picture that you posted earlier, where the? Uh, oh yeah, that's some that's from oh, yeah, the current Detective, Detective Comics, Comics run. Yeah. I was just showing off his new look, where he looks like a hipster douchebag. He looks like he's incognito. Like who could this guy be? <laughs> It's me with the mustache and the beard. No ho, Hank. It's me, Barry. <laughs> he, he, it's me. He literally does look like no ho, Hank. It's me, Barry. I'm wearing a wig. No ho, Hank. I fucking love that. Um, so yeah, we've got the Tom Taylor, Mitch Gerrard's Riddler. We have Mariko Tamaki and Javier Fernandez Two-Face. Um, we have. coming out at the same day? No, they're each coming out one month. Uh, sorry, they're each coming out each comes out one month. So we have mm -hmm. <clears throat> Riddler in August, then the next one's 
September, October, so on, so on. Oh, okay. Um, we have The Penguin with John Ridley and Giuseppe Camoncola. Coley. Okay. Um, we have Mr. Freeze by Jerry Dugan and Matteo Scalara. I might get that one. You're getting the Tom King one, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you are getting it. Or else. Um, but yeah, Matteo Scalera it. drawing. The cover for this looks really nice. Matteo Scalera is great. He's got a lot of like sort of Sean Murphy vibes. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little this. bit. Yeah, I can see that. I think we've said that, that kind of sketchiness before. to it. Well, we've done a lot of comparisons to the two. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to get it because of Gary Dugan, but yeah, we'll see. Um, we have Catwoman by G. Willow Wilson and Jamie McKelvey. Oh. We have Bane by Josh Williamson and Howard Porter. Interesting. And yeah. I'm just not a fan of Howard Porter's artwork anymore, so I don't know whether I will be checking this out. Okay. Yeah, but it's Williamson. Yeah. Mm. Um, we have Clayface by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing and art by Zomanico. I'll get it. Interesting. And then the last one that was announced that I assumed was going to be Joker is Ra's al Ghul by Tom Taylor and Ivan Reese. I might get it. Give me that. I'll take a Ra's al Ghul one shot any day of the week. Yeah. I'm just really happy that none of these are Joker. Mm-hmm. Who else yeah, isn't no getting Jesus. Getting, who else isn't getting one? Killer Croc. Mm. Um, Condiment King. Kite Man. Calendar Man. Calendar Man, yeah. The clockwork Killer. You said they were coming out on the hour. Yeah. Party Maybe he's win. the mastermind behind it all. Poison oh, Ivy, yeah. I'm surprised isn't getting one. Oh, yeah. I thought you had said Poison Ivy. Poison no. Ivy has something else coming out. Uh, She's got a mini series by G. Willow Wilson. Yeah. Hold on. What was the. Uh, it was There was an advertisement in here. Where she's eating, like, a steak. That's what you're focusing on? I, that's kind of the Is focus the steak? of the advertisement. Poison well, why would, she, why would she eat yeah. plants? I, exactly. I think that's genius right there. A very rare steak. Bloody. Ultra rare. Mega mm -hmm. rare. Bloody. Um, yeah, one. this looks like it's going to be an interesting one. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Anyways, uh, what else is going on? We've got the Eisner nominations. Why don't we talk about what those are? All right. Let's talk about some highlights here. I don't think I've read any of these short stories. No. So let's just go through the ones that we sort of know about, we've read some of the stuff for. Um, so we have the best single issue one-shots, um, and in brackets it says, must be able to stand alone. So we have the Marvel Voices Identity Number One, which I believe is their Pride book, Tyler. Oh shit! I'm that asking was by Darren you as well. Yeah. I love the Vampire Apprentice. Is it the same the Darren Chan? Yeah, the saga of Larton Crespley, and uh, the saga of Darren Sean, where he made himself the main character. Sure. Um. But the notable one on here is Nightwing 87, which was the long panelled one. It's a neat concept. And also, it would have worked really well if it was implemented correctly in May's book. Yeah. Josh, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this. Wonder Woman Historia, the Amazon. Yeah. Does that really stand alone on its own? 
Well, the second one was by a different uh, artist. Oh, yeah. It I doesn't even say number one it. on here. They're like, oh, yeah. there was supposed to be a second and third issue to that? No, because I, th- I think it's Wonder Woman Historia, then the next one had a different subtitle. Yeah, but does Maybe. it stand alone if the second issue is part of it? Um, I mean, how it well did it end? In order to qualify. Yeah. Well, I'm saying I don't know if it actually qualifies as standing alone. Um, we well, have clearly some people disagree with you. I, I um, get that. The, the best continuing series one we have Bitter Root by David Walker, which I don't believe any of us have read. Isn't that nope. ha- I don't know. It keeps coming back for like five issues, then going on a break. But we have The Department of Truth by James Tynan IV. Bitter. Oh, okay. Which... This is for 2021, right? Well, it's the 2022 uh, awards, this, but it's for stuff last out. year. Because Bitterroot has been an issue year. since August of last year. Yes, yeah, so I think this is like, yeah, this is for the 2021 content. Okay. But yeah, Department okay. of Truth, which I know you guys are enjoying. Yes. Um, Immortal Hulk, which Tyler swears by. That's do I run honestly do? Despite the anti-Semitic artwork. Um, we have Nightwing by Tom Taylor, and then the one that I hope wins is Something Is Killing the Children. Yeah, that's gotta be crazy to be nominated, like, two of your comics to be in the best continuing yeah. series. He's gotta have a big head at this point. James Tynion is killing it. His substack is just disappointing me at the minute, so he's not killing it on all fronts. He's too busy for you. Like, a month ago, or no, I think it was the end of March, whenever Easter was, he was like, oh, coming at the end of a week is, like, more of my new series, The Oddly, The Odd Pedestrian Life of Christopher Chaos, and it's now two months later and there's still no preview. Yeah. Alright. Nice House on the Lake is it best new series, best writer, James Tiny is just best writer. That's the only things that Nice House on the Lake is here for. Just kind of weird. Maybe it'll get more recognition um, next year. Yeah. But yeah, best limited series, we have ones that we've read. We've got The Good Asian. Yes. Um, we have The Many Deaths of Layla Star. Oh, man, it's tough. And Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. So which of those would you guys pick to be the winner? If well, you I mean, to... we gave such high ratings to Many Deaths of Layla Star. I mean, I know, but I mean you guys also loved the Good like, Asian. Many death, I, Good Asian was fantastic, but many deaths of Leo the Star was just like a a tier of its own. Agreed. I loved Supergirl, but I yeah, I think many deaths has to be the number one for me. Has Supergirl finished? Yeah, it finished in March, I believe. Okay, I don't remember you guys talking about the last issue. We did because we were telling you to read it. You've been telling me to read it every single issue, so I didn't realize it was the last issue. (laughs) You you just zoned out. You were like, oh, they're telling me to read it. Just nod and then go back to doing whatever I was doing. Okay, here we go. Um, Best new series. We have The Human Target, The Nice House on the Lake, Not All Robots, which is the Mark Russell book from AWA, Uh, uh, Radiant Black, and Ultra Mega. Hmm. I feel like my favorite pick is either Human Target or Nice House on the Lake. Yeah. Uh, between all Right of now us, I'm going to go with Nice House. Yeah. Between all of us, we've read each of these series. Yeah. I, I'm kind of surprised well, that Not All Robots 
is in the running here. Like it's it's just maybe fine. It, maybe it picked. Did you only read issue one or did you read the rest of it? I read issues one and two. I have issues four and five, but I never found issue three. Okay, maybe it picks up later on. Yeah, it was just. I, I mean, the first two issues are just fine, and how can you be the best yeah. in the series if the first two of five issues are just fine? I guess so. I mean, it's a whole social commentary, but it's all right. Yeah, I'm just looking okay. at what else on here. Um, there's best anthology award, which Silver Coin has been nominated for. And also okay. Superman Red and Blue, which I didn't really think was that good. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's not a whole lot left on here that we've read. We're terrible yeah. fans, aren't we? Yeah. Oh yeah, we're, we're so not terrible. The good stuff. We've barely read yeah. any. Of I gotta this. read all the stuff for kids. For the awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. Oh, let's go I mean, to the um, best creators stuff. So we've got best writer. The nominees are Ed Brubaker, Kelly Sudaconic, Felipe Mello, Ram V, and James Tynan for fourth. <laughs> nice. Ed Brubaker for two things, Kelly Sudaconic for one thing, <laughs> Felipe Mello for one thing, Ram V for uh, four, four things, thing, three things, and James Tynan. He just has long names of all of his comics, yeah. but it's he's got so much stuff here. He, it's like. Ed Brubaker, his list is this long, and James Tynion is just two lines of stuff. Yeah. It's like, come on, man, pick just just pick your best stuff. Don't don't just put your entire resume on there. I feel like it's got to be either Tynion or it's got to be either the fourth or the fifth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fourth or fifth for the first place. Yeah, Ram the fifth uh, or Tynion the fourth. Let's see. Uh, Sean, did you you read Wind? Didn't you? Yeah. It's very good. It's a lot of fun. It's like a fantasy epic for children, but it's got a lot of mature tones in there. Okay. And a lot of like coming of age elements. I'll have to. It's still got read the. That at some point. Yeah, there's still the third and final arc to come out yet. Yeah, add it to the list. <laughs> um, but yeah, surprisingly, none of the. Oh, this is best writer and artist. I was going to yeah. say it's weird that I don't recognize any of these people. Well, Junji Daniel Ito's Warren Johnson. Here, and he was on last year as well. Okay. He does the. Just I'm really happy to see that Monsters is on here, though. Yeah. Which one? Um, Monsters by Barry Windsor Smith. I don't know. Fantagraphics has been putting out a lot of really good content. Yeah. It's just that they're really under the radar. But yeah, nice. the one that we. Monsters will most recognize is the best penciler slash inker because the ones on there are Felipe Andrade for The Many Deaths of Layla Starr, Phil Jimenez for Wonder Woman Historia, Bruno Redondo for Nightwing, Esad Ribic for Eternals, and P. Craig Russell for Norse Mythology. They're mm. all very unique art styles. Yeah. yeah, I feel like my pick in there would have to be Bruno Redondo because I just feel like he... There's so many little details in his artwork, like you've got the pizza restaurant run by Marv Wolfman and George Perez. Yeah. You've got like but, them wearing like there's just so many little details in sure. there. But Phil him, Phil Jimenez, yeah. Wonder Woman Historia. I mean, those every page was just it a was portrait. beautiful. Yeah, but I feel like for comic book art, Bruno Redondo's the strongest on that list. Mm. I don't disagree. 
It's a hard one to pick because I feel like both Phil and Bruno both deserve it. For different I mean, reasons. I'm kind of I'm I'm I, I wanna lean towards Bruno because it's a lot of what you see in Nightwing is because it, it feels like writing love letters to old yeah. comics. I mean, just we the most to... recent issue alone has that whole boom pow panel. And that, yeah. That, yeah. Ugh, Whenever they that. finally give out the awards, and before we see the awards, we need to come back and reassess who we think would win and then see how well we were able to predict that. Is it just because yeah. we read those comics that we think those guys are the best, or... You know, maybe there's something out there that we should be reading. It's like, if this mm. guy beat out all the stuff that we're reading, maybe there's something that we need to be, yeah. you know, taking a look at. Mm. Um, best cover artists, we've got Jen Bartel, who did Future State, Immortal Wonder Woman, and she's done a few other things. She's got a very beautiful Black style. Gold number one was really good. Yeah. Um, she Black did gold. a mini series with Sam Humphreys at Image called Blackbird. I want to say it was yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Man, and putting David yeah, back she's... on this list is just cheating. Like, she I mean, got, you guys I'm got obviously biased. <laughs> yeah, you've also got Alex Ross, um, Bruno Redondo, Julian Totina Tedesco, and Yoshi Yoshianti. Yeah, this is not fair. I feel like it's got to be Alex Ross or David Mack. Oh. oh, this is the one I was telling you guys about. I am not Starfire, where the daughter looks like... Raven. Like Raven. Yeah. It's an odd choice. Yeah, it's very strange. And Tyler, I've got I mean, some... Oh, sorry, carry on. No, I was just going to say it's a hard choice. Go ahead. Um, I was going to say the next category is best colouring and Geordie Belair is not in there. <sighs> Flip That's the desk. Mistake. Flip the desk and walk out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. We got Matt Wilson for Undiscovered Country. Well, fire and firepower. firepower. Yeah, that's pretty good. Fire. Um, and Eternals, Thor, Wolverine. Yeah. Huh. I think Busy Felipe guy. Andrade with many desolated stars. He had a lot of unique coloring in there. I wonder if I just pick the person that has the most credits, if that will be the winner. <laughs> <laughs> if Clayton Cowles doesn't win best lettering, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, did um, Photographics not put out anything this past year? Machine Photographics? No. Machine Gun Kelly has been nominated for an Eisner. No, he has not. Best Publication Design. Machine Gun Kelly's Hotel Diablo, designed by Taylor Boss. Tyler Boss. So it's technically Tyler Boss being nominated, but for a Machine Gun Kelly project. I'm going to (laughs) die. He's everywhere. (laughs) Fucking hell. Alright. Who is a comic-related periodical journalism? Just a journalistic piece about comics well it would be things like gizmodo uh covering comics for example yeah is there anything like that in razor blades i've not read razor blades are we still waiting for the printing of that i believe so i think it's out soon okay but yeah it's on my list to get around to but i've just never had chance Mm mm-hmm Oh, here we go. Academic scholarly work. Comics and the Origins of Manga, a revisionist history by Ike Exner. Not familiar. I Life don't know. and Comics like of Howard Cruz. 
What exactly is Pulp that Empire? History? The Secret History of Comics Imperialism. Interesting. Rebirth of the English Comic Strip, a Kaleidoscope, 1847 to 1870. Wow. That actually sounds really interesting. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work to put together, though. Well, there's one right here. Mysterious Travelers, Steve Ditko, and the Search for a New Liberal Identity. Huh. Very Two things out of the University Press of Mississippi. All right. Hmm. Oh, there it is. Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> <sighs> I hope he wins Please. just so Tyler kills himself. I fucking hate you. It's, it's okay. If he Anyways. wins, I'll do it as well. <laughs> Anyways. Suicide pact right here, right now. If Machine Gun Kelly wins, right we all die. <laughs> Cut, cut your hands. Let's go. Um, so, I guess we can kind of move along to comic books. Yeah. Cool. Let's just hop into it. Uh, what else? Uh, what did we read this week? We read Thor Twenty Five, the Banner Banner of War Two by Donny Cates and Martin Coccolo. 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 See, it's always funny when you do it, Sean, because whenever you try to do the American accent, even slightly, it's just funny. Why do you guys Coco? bully me? Why, why do you guys bully me? <laughs> you think so he what sounds you like think? Ringo? <laughs> I've got blisters on my fingers. Mm. All right. What's the um, we're talking what about? did you think? Yeah, so Hulk vs. Thor, Banner of War Part 2. Um, this retroactively made the Hulk series better. It actually gave a lot of explanation. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I think this... Yeah. Finally, we actually have some explanation on what the fuck's going on in Hulk. And it's well, basically... Go on. Well, I was going to say, we, we, we knew that this was going to happen eventually, that there was going to be an explanation of what happened in El Paso, and now that we have that clarification, you know, it's it's expanding upon why this Betty Ross, Betsy Ross character is uh, in his mind's eye, and the blacking out of his eyes, and apparently somehow passing off the gamma radiation Hulk power to other people. Yeah, because we finally get... An explanation on what happens in El Paso, and basically after the events of Immortal Hulk, where Hulk and Bruce beat the devil and decide to work together and be on good terms, um, Bruce is at a bar, and all of a sudden the gamma radiation spreads to other people there, and turns them into Hulklings, mm -hmm. and he ended now up just ripping them apart. It should be mentioned that something like this did happen in Gamma Flight, where they went to a um, technically a military site where uh, the Abomination was leading a uh, series of people that were being mind-controlled using gamma radiation, uh, and something similar kind of happened, so I'm wondering if this is inspired by that, because it has a lot of the same uh, feel and tone to it. So this might be something that the abomination has been cooking up maybe it's a new form of the abomination i'm not certain but maybe, the game of flight five issue minute yes yeah, sorry on. i was just going to say the five issue miniseries clarified something that feels a lot like this so i wouldn't be surprised if this ties into that yeah but it I isn't like actually hulk started that... off with something like this or at least not drawn the mystery on for an entire arc 
Because I feel like that first arc was just so watered down and like, hey, Hulk smash. Just the whole, I, I swear just the script for the first six issues was just Hulk smash. And the art, the artist just drew what he wanted. Hulk smash, more, I mean, bigger. Yeah. Badder, <laughs> just stronger. Ne- next level, add badder people for Hulk to fight. More badder. Go to more 11, better. then go to 12. It cannot do it, Captain. I cannot do it, Captain. All she's got. Um, I've lost my finger, Captain. But yeah, noticeably it isn't Hulk that rips these people apart. Bruce, his eyes go black, and he blacks out, and just Bruce as a man rips them apart. Mm-hmm. And starts biting into people's faces. Yeah. Um, but meanwhile, we have a great framing story in this where um, Tony Stark is talking to the Avengers... And he's basically like, oh, we've tracked Thor to Thor and Hulk to this, the Hand of the Celestial, is it the Black Hand? Yeah, the Black the Hand. The arena thing. And It's Donny Cates. Everything is the black, yeah. the black, the dark, black, blackity, black darkness. But Reed's like mm-hmm. quite impressed and he's like, Tony, how did like, you find them this far in space? And he's like, oh, I have a network of deep space satellites like part of my mainframe and he just gives this like really scientific <laughs> thing and we heard a noise out yeah, of space but, yeah. so loud because I broke everything yeah we heard <laughs> we heard a noise so loud that it's vibrational frequency completely fried one of my space babies from like a thousand miles away um the the sound just noise. said Hulk smash Hulk smash and then <laughs> reads like holy shit America. like you're like your text much better than I ever thought it was, and like Reed sort of fangirling over Tony, and then Tony's like, "I'm kidding. I have no idea how to do any of that." Thor's Ravens told me where they were. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's a really great setup. Yeah. I have really especially love the part where he's describing the black hand of the celestial, and then he's like, "I know it's awesome," and Captain America's like, "Uh," or Reed is the one who says, "Uh." Yeah, but then but, he's like, "Yeah, anyway, I'm gonna go fight Thor," and they're like trying to talk him down, and then Cap's like. Tony, you're not even here, are you? <laughs> and he, because it's just like you just see the suit, and he's just like, I'm never, I'm never at these meetings, Cap. I've got stuff to do. <laughs> and then later on, at the end of the issue, you just see him rock up in like this massive celestial suit thing. It's like oh, a Gundam that thing like, he was working mech on suit. It's issue. awesome. Yeah. It, yeah. It's kind of so extreme. He's literally it's piloting a celestial. Anime. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's extremely super ultra mega kaiju. The most extreme, extreme you've ever streamed. Don't black cross the, the black is black times infinity. I hate you. <laughs> this was a lot of fun, but it also did a really good job of clarifying the plot of what's going on between the two. I do agree that this probably would have served better in the first issue of Hulk rather than set it up like this. However, the mystery just, does make you want to I, continue to read it. Yeah, I just it, feel like the mystery could have been handled better because they didn't really address it. It's like, oh, something bad happened. I'm going to smash Hulk through a universe. Did a bad. <laughs> yeah, so bad. basically then after Hulk after Hulk killed all his people, um, Banner basically decides he, he needed to control Hulk so it didn't happen again. Mm-hmm. So that's where the whole starship thing came in. He's got to control yeah. Hulk. And How now, does he control the gamma radiation coming off? Well, he feels like that was the issue of the control, is that somehow he was like leaking out. So if he can control that entirely, that would be the He's thing that he could put under it. control. Yeah. Hulk, did you, pee, did you pee on these people? Did you pee right here? You son of a... 
Anyways, so I'm now just imagining where... you know it's always sunny where either Charlie or Frank shit the bed. <laughs> I'm now just imagining that, but they don't know if it was Banner or Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Who shit the bed? So there's a Hulk, point at the sorry. end here where Bruce <laughs> where Bruce is kinda like yelling out into the abyss, uh, saying like, No, 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 please, he doesn't know he's in a simulation, and then Hulk just kinda looks up at Iron Man. So Hulk is out loose and Banner is not in control, which means that Hulk probably still thinks that he's in a simulation. Which would make sense because suddenly you wake up and then you're in a giant like arena and then suddenly there's Iron Man. Not really yes, the most he, believable. He is scenario. going to absolutely wreck Tony Stark next issue. He's probably going to try to kill him. Hmm. Yeah. Realistically, yeah. And we're going to find out out in uh, issue 7, drawn by Ryan Otley, so that'll be fun. Hulk nice. is not in a good mood. Hulk is in a very bad day. Hulk not amused. The s- um, I'm, I miss the sulk. Do you remember the sulk? Yeah. Hulk, Hulk sad. sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what would you rate Rick this Rick Remeter, man. Um... Like, as a part of the crossover, or as, like, an issue of Thor? As part of the crossover. Because it feels more like as a Hulk issue than Thor issue. Yeah, I... Like, an 8.5, um, as far as, like, the crossover goes. It's Because it is a part of that, you know, you have to look at it collectively. You can't just look at it separate. I just find it weird they put this... In, like, it would have made more sense to have a Hulk issue now, and have that in the Hulk issue rather than yeah, but put it, this in a Thor issue. I feel like since this is the part of the crossover, in the collected edition, they're going to have this, you know, be a part of that bar- banner of war uh, No, I know. Trade. But it's just kind of weird to make the Hulk-heavy story be in a Thor issue. Maybe the whole I event mean, will be Hulk-heavy and it'll carry across, but like, if we get to the Hulk issue and it's much more just about the fight, I'll be a bit disappointed. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that I've seen something like this where it's crossed over, like Batman and Flash, and then Flash was focused on in the Batman issue, and then Batman was focused in the Flash issue. I would be, I would not be surprised if we get a lot of Thor focus in the Hulk issue coming up. Yeah. Um, you know. Anyway, I'll give it the same sort of rating as you, like an eight point five, maybe an eight point seven five. Yeah. It's easily the best issue of the Hulk series. Yeah. Which is funny because it's Thor issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe he's giving more love to Thor and maybe he doesn't even realize it, but oh well. I feel like the first yeah. arc was just killing time until... I feel like he had the crossover oh, in mind yeah. and he was like, I just need to kill time until I can it's, show the stuff in there. And, it's Agents mm. of S.H.I.E.L.D. all over again. Yeah. So I'm hoping when the main series returns, it will be stronger for it because it will be able to like have more of a focus now. Mm-hmm. But if if it goes back to the main series and it's the quality of that first arc, I'm going to be dropping it. Okay. But if it keep if it maintains steam, I'm all for it. Hulk thrusters go. Um, yeah, I agree. So uh, let's move on to House of Slaughter number six. Uh, this is plotted by James Tiny the Fourth, written by Sam Johns, and art by Leticia Cadonici. Uh, and this was not really what I, I guess I expected, but not a really big complaint. I like that cover. Um, nice thick material. No, it's a fantastic cover. I actually, this makes me actually want to like pick a, up the series. It's almost like a fabric, this cover. It's, yeah. It's, it's different from cardstock. It's nice. 
I know what you're talking about. So the cardstock for the David Mack ones feel like a different kind of material as well, but I know it's cardstock. But when I pick up the House of Slaughter one, it feels like uh, not velvet, but similar in like softness. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's got a bendability um, to it. Yes. So what did you guys think? Because I actually was surprised at the way this ended. I hate well, I haven't this. read any. Did you really? That... <laughs> what? Sean, what was your reaction? I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it either. Is this not a character that you like? Because I, I haven't read anything really from... He, he hasn't been in it before. You hey, Josh. Josh. Josh, really quick. Sidebar over here really quick. I, I don't think that Sean has any kind of patience. I think Objection, speculation. How to... No, 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 hang on. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you you have, like, no patience when it comes to, like, a slow burn. This yeah. is the same issue with, like, Nightwing, where you're like, where's the plot? Go faster. But then if it goes too fast, you're like, too much! Yeah. Slow down! Yeah, I've noticed that, too. Sean has a specific pace. He likes to think things at a medium pace. Yeah. I worked out why I worked out why I thought I hated this. Why? Why? I don't think I finished it. You idiot. I I rem- <laughs> You absolute goon. I remember like up until the end where he walks out of the room, goes into the Scarlet Room and starts writing, and I'm just scrolling through the bit after it and I was like, I don't remember any of this. <sighs> you mean where he's just practicing his art? Yeah, I don't remember anything after that. I don't remember this kid with an eye patch. I don't remember this master, uh, this master Colin going in to speak to him. Oh, How yeah. did I not finish this? I don't know. Because you have the attention span oh. of a goldfish. Still, I turn every single page, and I'm like, "Oh, this page is so nice. This is good material right here." Yeah. Spit on your hand and stroke at a medium um, pace. It's still nowhere near as good as the main series. In yeah. the main series, issues sixteen oh. to twenty were a flashback to At the House of Slaughter. Yeah. And I they think, were well yeah. written, so I, I know I still care about, like, this side of the world, mm-hmm. but I just don't think the Tate Bromble or Sam Jones, yeah. Sam Johns, have done a particularly good job at telling the I story. I don't think this was bad. I, I so, think that this was actually really good. I think this is a good setup. So this character is not somebody that you've seen before? No. Okay. So I think, just based on this issue in the first arc, it seems they're trying to expand the world of something that's killing the children so the first arc is basically like a little bit of the focus on the house of butcher and also on save not just saving killing the monster but also saving the children that the monsters go after yeah sort of community there and this the character from the first arc was go ahead the character from the first arc was a character who had been in something's killing the children yeah and I feel like they used him as sort of like a springboard to launch a series because he was already an established character. Yeah. But then I think each arc is going to be focusing on like a different member yeah. of the but House of Slaughter. But they're doing, you know, world building saying there's, you know, a whole camp or commune of kids that have survived monster attacks. You know, they're trying to help the kids versus focusing on the monsters and just killing them and leaving the kids to be on their own. Yeah. This seems to be more on the idea of how these monsters are created and trying to nip that in the bud before the idea of the monster can manifest. Yeah, because each mask represents what their specialty is. So like the white masks of the hunters, these are more like the writers. 
Yeah, that's, uh, I like, think they say as much in the issue. Yeah. The Scarlet and Masks then, are the housekeeper, bookkeepers, the people that keep the house running. They have a yeah. history, whereas the White Masks go off and die, and then there's nothing, there's no history left for them. There's no yeah. lineage or anything like that. Because I know there's also the Blue Masks, and they're like the more tech experts. They keep the operation side going. And the gold mask is just the royalty? Um, yes. I can't really remember. They did explain it in one of the Something is Killing the Children issues, or maybe the first arc. So there's I don't quite remember. The Scarlet, the Crimson, Which? the White. There's a Black Mask. I don't remember. Oh, well. I've tried I'm looking sorry. it up online, <laughs> and there's just nothing there. Anyway. Uh, I'm not sure what to make of this character who supposedly has an eidetic memory, uh, but he seems to be very good. His, his, um, what are they called? The, the avatar or the, uh, spirit that they're tied to? Yeah, I can't remember if it's avatar or totem or something. Yeah, but his seems to be tied to a paintbrush as opposed to a stuffed animal. Erica's, like, yeah. Uh... But it seems to allow him to mimic and copy, you know, he's, he's using it to copy artwork, but some of his artwork, you know, where he doesn't have the specific memory, uh, appears as pixelation. It's almost like yes, he himself is a computer. I feel like the conversation he has with the child seems to imply that he's able to feed off of other people's, like... Mm-hmm. minds in order to collect yeah. that like I, information I because what happens when the adult like looks at the notebook right he's like oh it's empty yeah right it well i mean the guy looks at him and he can see the picture the guy at the slaughterhouse <laughs> yeah uh, but in this adult side the yeah. one who was not a child the one who yeah. doesn't have the imagination whatever uh, it is but i i'm reminded of um not a god but a, a character from Greek mythology, Echo, who can only respond to things that people have said. They can only mirror things. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost like he is an empty vessel that can only reflect things that people have said to him. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I'm not really upset by any of the choices here. I feel like this is a good setup issue. I feel... It's not issue one of something is killing the children, you know, where you are jumped right into it and then you're introduced to some of the characters. But I I like the way that this is set up in that it invites you into a day in the life of these characters and then it builds up to, okay, well, we suspect that a monster might develop from this because while there isn't any proof that there's a monster there right now, we know that everybody's speculating about the eye injuries and everything and the way that these creatures are formed is because of... Um, people manifesting them. Yeah. I like that. I think that that's a really well done choice. And I think that this art is fitting to the series. So, honestly, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. There's something there about the... I can't even think of the guy's name. Coming in off the boat on the fog and coming almost to an island or a coast that reminds me of some... I don't know, maybe some... British movie or something in New England. Yeah, it reminds me of something, but I can't quite place it. 
even though I haven't read much of something that's killing the children, I'm still on board for this. It's it's definitely yeah, I agree. Yeah, I feel this stands yeah. alone well enough where you don't need the context of yeah the other well, story. I, you're the person to go to to tell me whether or not uh, it ties into anything. No, it doesn't really tie in, but you should be reading the main series anyway because I it's be. fucking good. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, it's not necessarily tying, but it does. It, it has mentioned that uh, Erica has gone a. So I mean, it's it's yeah. briefly kind of giving you a hint about what's yeah. going on outside like as I well. Like I said, it's it's world building. Yeah. It's auxiliary yeah. to the main storyline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, ratings. I rate this material a 10. The, the stuff they print on, definitely a 10. The comic itself, uh, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely pulling me in. I uh, think it's one of the better things. I mean, we didn't have much to read, but it's definitely one of the better things I've read this week, and this will probably be uh, my pick. It's probably somewhere around like 8.75. I think I see this as like a a nine maybe sitting close to a 9.25 but i'm sitting mostly because i see how this can build up a, a great deal of opportunity i think that there's a lot of points that could have been missed opportunities for attention like Probably. the slobber on the kid's mouth when he's moving the chest piece or the kicking of the knee there's an attention to detail about these things that is very specific and i actually i think that this is going to turn out well and that's yeah. why i'm going to rate it in a nine yeah there's certainly no places where it, it seems like oh you could have dropped this or it lags yes here um, exactly it's, it's it's a very well-paced issue agreed Sean, I did you finish feel, it i'd feel no I, no i read i've read seven pages of this so i can't rate it wow it's that's a really short comic seven pages awful <laughs> no, I think because, like, I must have been reading on my break or something at work and ran out of time and then just kind of forgot about it and assumed I'd Put finished it. Put your job. It. Read comics. Go. <laughs> Are you going to pay me? <laughs> Whatever you want, baby. Come sit on Daddy's lap. Come here. Just just pay me and Damien Wayne. Put first, your answers. arms around me, baby. Wayne Bucks. Yeah, I'll finish this tonight and get back to you guys on what I thought. Fair. It's too late. The show's already here. You failed us. You're day I'm late sorry. The dollar Click. Short. You're uh. Um, <laughs> moving. <laughs> Should we move on? <laughs> I just saw your post from 40 minutes ago. <laughs> the one I shared to the group chat. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, you're that. welcome. I don't know how you missed that either. All right. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to uh, "I Hate This Place," uh, number or, one. By in the same vein as Scotty Young, "Fuck This Place." Yeah. Fuck and this place. Censor, censor things by saying "I hate this place." So, oh, yeah, they literally Fairyland and I hate Fairyland. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, because it, it was well, it they, was solicited as "Fuck This Place," and then they renamed it to "I Hate This Place." It's probably because they wanted to be able to advertise it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I like the, uh, um, the title right here where the name of each of the creators is over top of one of the words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Starks and Artyom Topilin. Uh, and this is not my favorite thing that I've ever read. No. It, it was a little overwritten. It's a very overwritten. particular art style. 
I would love the art. It reminds me of Leo Max. Yeah. Maybe like a little, a bit more. I don't know what my, it's not as good as Leo Max, but I think it's still that sort of nostalgic yeah. style. It reminds me of like the seventies. Have you guys of. ever? Have you guys watched Gravity Falls? No. Oh man, it's it's marketed as a kids show, but it's definitely like a show for adults who would watch. It's it. on the list. It's on the list. Yeah. No. Uh, the whole show is you know two kids spend the summer in like bumfuck nowhere Oregon where there's all sorts of tourist traps like come see the water flow uphill mm-hmm. come see the thing so it's set around a tourist trap where they find a, a book detailing all the different monsters and whatnot that populate the area that they live around there's a whole mystery around it and I say it's not it is for kids uh, you know kids can watch it but there's uh all sorts of ciphers and codes and whatnot that unless you knew what you were looking for you wouldn't even know they exist inside of the tv series i know exactly what you mean because i've seen a lot of memes of gravity falls online that uh makes me want to watch it yeah um why do you bring that up uh well i mean the start of this reminds me a lot of the basis for gravity falls where it's not just one type of mythological creature it's not just you know we have zombies or something here but it seems like this is some sort of like nexus point. You're in the middle of nowhere. You're isolated. You can't leave. Uh, you've got you know your small team of people to work with, and mm-hmm. there's you know some big bad that's kind of introduced or teased in this issue. Sure, um, that actually is based off of real locations. Uh, I don't remember what their official name is called, but I do know that. There are a series of places uh, in uh, America that are, like, focus points, essentially, that people have reported a collection of different strange, odd events, whether it's uh, UFOs or hauntings. So, I mean, it's not inaccurate, and a lot of those locations are actually found in Oregon. Is Gravity Falls based in Oregon? Yes. Then there you go. Yeah, it's, it's, the idea is based around kind of the tourist trap like I said, the kind of tourist trap side, roadside attractions. Sure. Well, there's a lot of... I don't know what it is about area uh, Oregon either, but it's also, you know, the state that a lot of serial killers end up going to as well. Uh, oh, it's... man, have you guys read Nailbiter? Oh, boy. I better, better book my tickets to Oregon then. Yeah. Just pick just me, pick me. the streets, pick me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be like, Sean's like, I'm my people. <laughs> No, Josh, uh, I'm Gen see. Z. I want to die. <laughs> let's see. So this is uh, this is set in Idaho? Uh, Did it is say? It? I, I Idaho, Montana? I thought it was somewhere like very like Pacific Northwest. Uh maybe. I don't I don't know about that. I can't I can't pull it out of its sleeve. It's protected in there. I don't um, think it's I'm trying to look now, and I can't see anywhere where it says. Okay. Yeah. All right. Don't worry about that. Um, so the art... We, we talked a little bit about the art style. The, the thing that I wanted to point out about the art was the first page, and I think the fifth page, I think, where we go from uh, the gangsters, robbers, kind of meeting at night... And then you turn to the fifth page, and 
our couple is driving right past the same location and it's gone Mm -hmm. from day to night so you can literally flip the pages back and forth and see the exact same drawing like they've they they put some work into making sure that those panels were in the same place Mm -hmm. i I I rolled that that way you're right i i like to see that agreed same same picture same detail just different point in time uh, I saw an analysis of it was some guy talking about when you make a movie and you want to have a callback to every something. Every frame of paint, every frame of painting. What? And I. Every frame of painting, every frame of the movie. Is oh, painting. okay. Okay. No, the guy used the example of um, the Batman, where we see the Riddler killing that guy at the beginning with the carpet tool, and then later on when Bruce finds the capital, the camera frame is the same, like, sort of far back, and you see them in distance. Mm-hmm. And he's basically saying, like, when you want people to remember stuff, but you don't think they will sort of recognise the callback, Subliminal. you frame, yeah, you sort of frame the shot in a way that they will call it back. And, like, obviously here you know what it's calling back, mm-hmm. because it only happened, like, two, three pages earlier. But yeah. having that in the same page, same place, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't saw really that immediately, point I was, was going, like... Yeah. I don't know. I didn't really like this. I thought this was kind of I mean, oh, not... honestly the big thing that I did not like was a lot of the art style choices. I don't have an issue with the characters, but there's a scene where I think her name is Trudy. Yes. The blonde She's one way the too one? veiny. The other one. The one with the guns. Yeah. Way is it too where she's veiny. holding the bag out like that? Yeah. Mm. And yeah. she looks arms like she's like arms. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, I guess you don't have to add that many veins. No, it's just yeah. the arms, the veins make up about thirty percent of her arms. <laughs> Seriously. <Yeah. laughs> Apparently, uh, this woman uh, works out every hour on the hour for the last twenty years yeah. of her life. I don't know. There's something about this that reminds me of like some web comics that I've read. Like this is, this isn't exactly your normal uh, print comic art style. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. lot of detail here, but it's uh, it's different. I can't try and can't really think about it. I mean, even the the hands on the there are veins on the hand right there and on the arm. The artist just likes to draw veins. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm interested enough to see. Uh, yeah, where this is I think there there are enough cool bits like the ghosts when they touch you, you kind of re-experience their death. Oh, is that what that is? Or at least, that's what I got, because she was like, no, like, this, the way she reacted, where she was like, what's going on, where am I? Like, no, this didn't happen to me, this happened to someone else. It made it seem like she had heard about that. I thought she was just, like, in denial, like, this isn't happening, this isn't happening. No, but she was like, this happened to someone else, and my foot is smaller than theirs. I think that could have been better written, because I do think it was... Okay. Yeah, yeah. they could have done a better job of telling... That makes more sense now. It's yeah, because per- we don't really see the person that touched... Oh, I guess, yeah, we see the person who touched her, and he's missing a foot, and, like, one side of his body's, like, gone. Well, I needed yeah, to pay so closer that's... attention to that. You're the details guy, Josh. I know, I know. I, I'm doing I, your job I, for I you. I told you some details. <laughs> I did catch everything. Um, so I think that's quite a cool little detail, and then, like, is it a UFO above? Yeah. There's a scene where you see like the sort of abduction beam thing from yeah. the UFO shooting down. The zombies are being abducted. 
Um, it's like the weird that... shit is here, and the weird shit is interacting with the other weird shit. And also, there's a deadly weird shit out there. So don't go out. Just lock yourself in here and watch uh, the facts of life. <laughs> yeah, I think the, like having the quiet room's cool, because they kind of just gave up trying to leave. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah, and then we have that horned man who reminds me a bit of the Destiny man from Yeah. Undiscovered Country because mm. he's got like the weird horns and mm -hmm. disfigurements. But then obviously the plot twist at the end is the guy who we saw getting attacked at the beginning is alive and here and he's helping him helping out yeah. of the farm. Well, he's got to stick around until he can find his treasure. Me treasure. treasure. <laughs> Overall, I mean, the plot idea is not a bad idea. I just think that the delivery was just kind of mediocre. Yeah, the execution yeah, I is think... a little flawed. It's not, like, it's not the best thing I've ever written, read. You wrote this? Congratulations. <laughs> Look at me. I am the Kyle Starks now. <laughs> oh, and also, another thing I just want to mention is we get the mention of the poltergeist that lives in the house. And oh, yeah. He only really appears in one panel where he writes, Bingo. I'm Bowden. I hated that. It was weird that it was only one panel. Exactly. Yeah, they should have shown him a little more. By the way, a poltergeist. <laughs> the doctor was right. Uh, I have cancer and there's nothing I can do about it. Anyways, moving along. Anyways, how's your sex life? <laughs> oh, God. Well, I'm sure we're... Hi, doggy. It, it's a fire hose right now, but I'm sure each issue is going to be like one specific entity. We're going to tackle the zombies. We're going to tackle the UFOs. We're gonna, each issue Maybe. is going to be like a monster of the week type issue is Maybe. this that would be cool i'd like to see that i'm definitely going to check out the, issue two i hope that the plot can move along well enough yeah I, is I this don't, a mini series or is this going? i don't know so i'm just trying to find it yeah now. i i don't know if i would stick on this long term but i'm definitely going to give it uh, a couple more issues I will wait um, until you guys tell me that issue two is actually good, but for right now, I don't think I'm very right. attracted let's look to at, this. Uh, let's look at the next couple of issues. Yeah, there's nothing saying whether it's a miniseries or not. No. I, probably an ongoing. Maybe it's... Who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Zombies was... for issue two. Um, going into the woods for issue three. Cabin in oh, yeah, the woods. The woods. That's kind of what it a... reminds me of. I see that, yeah. So they're going into the You've got the weird, like... Yeah, we forgot to mention the uh, weird tentacle creature in the trees. Yeah, that looks like which it's going like to be issue four. four. Yeah, along with our guy. What is a paranormal nexus? Didn't I say nexus? Nexus. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's got a quote from Michael Walsh saying, this is my favorite kind of horror comic. Can't wait to read more. Apparently, you can get the cover that says "fuck this place" and it's cover B. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's what I got right here. Nice. That's why it's covered did, up. With did that. you add? Did you add that on? No, I bought it like this at my comic shop. They put this on there for me. This this is just oh, okay. uh, this is taped on the outside. Okay. Yeah, funny. I was gonna say because I I thought it was just printed on there, but then like the light didn't reflect off of it when you just held it up, and I was like, oh yeah. no, that's... No, one of the guys yeah. at the comic book shop bagged this up for me. Hmm. Well, he knows that you have children. Yes. I brought my kids <laughs> along to pick this up. Think of the children. Uh, I don't know. This looks like it's an ongoing... Uh, what, what are you going to rate give it? it more? 
I'm gonna give it more ep it, uh, more issues. Uh, it's not the best thing I've ever read, but it's definitely like, hey, maybe there's something here. This could be. Mm -hmm. good. Yeah, um, I think there was enough there to grab me for at least the next issue, maybe the third yeah. issue. But we'll the, have to see. The art isn't great. The dialogue is fine. Like the the art is fine. The dialogue is fine. The idea of how things are going to be and the way that things are paced is pretty good. Yeah. So it's like I'm, eight two five, maybe an eight and a half. Like I'm gonna give it a seven point five, maybe a seven point okay. seven five at a push. Eight two five then. I'll give it like a seven. I'm definitely coming back for issue two. This issue did make me want to go back and check out Homesick Pilots though by Dan Waters. Oh yeah, I really like that series. I thought that yeah, turned out really well. I, been meaning to get around to it for a while now and just haven't. I don't know. I will get around to it at some point. Sure. Anything else you want to add? No. Uh, not for this comment. I guess we'll move on to a few shout-outs then. Okay. Um, um, I'll go. Uh, so, these are kind of a couple weeks late, but I'm still reading uh, Radiant Black, and this is issue 14. And uh, somebody on Reddit pointed out that this is a uh, copy or a homage to uh, The Incredible Hulk number 340 that has uh, Wolverine on the cover and it's got uh, Hulk's reflection right here. So it's, Hulk, mm -hmm. it's uh, Wolverine's three blades. Like None of this actually, I think, appears in the comic. But it's at no. least uh, a nice homage because that's a uh, Todd McFarlane uh, cover. Yeah. It's one of the most mimicked covers of all time. Exactly. Most of Todd yeah. McFarlane covers are. Yeah, that's mostly when I wanted to... Uh, yeah, it says Marcelo Costa after McFarlane right here. Yeah. So, that's great. It's it's all fun and games there. Uh, the only thing I really wanted to point out here is that... I don't think we... I don't know if we have a name for the entity. That kind of robotic god that communicates with Radiant Black... No, uh, I don't think... I think he, like, gave his name in one issue, but it was just, like, all the symbols and stuff, maybe. Right, and that can be translated to English. Uh, but it I seems could be like, misremembering. Yeah. It seems like he's been reaching out to Nathan, trying to get Nathan to uh, come back and take over from Marshall. And I think mm. there's a, a sort of scene in here uh, where they're basically... I think Nathan comes to Marshall and it's basically like, dude, tell your girl to stop calling me. <laughs> they get into a little argument about that and how, you know, mm -hmm. hey man, I saved your life and you've just been like ghosting me. So there, there's... Ghosting. It, I think a lot of this is about, you know, relationship issues between the characters. Like, somebody Would saves you your life and you just kind of ghost Would them. I mean, how do you come back, like, talk to somebody that just, you know, risked everything to save yourself save your life from whatever the hell that was. Would you say this has picked up at all since I dropped it? Or is it just sort of more of the it's same? It's been the same. Mm. So, it, love it or hate it, it's still the same. Uh, next issue is going to be kind of interesting because, you know, there's they focus a bit on the branding of the characters and f how they finance themselves. So the next next issue is, you know, people trying to make a Radiant Black movie. That sounds like something I would enjoy. 
Maybe. I don't know. Because that sounds more like the kind of breather I would want. Yeah. Uh, That is coming out not next week, but the week after, I think. Oh, oh, this is a few weeks old, isn't it, this issue? Yeah. Yeah, this is two weeks Yeah, I was going to say, that's a a quick turnaround for an issue, but no, no, if if you're only just mentioning it now, yeah. All right. Uh, Do you want to do a shout-out, or I can do another one? Um... I'll just briefly mention Nightwing number 70, 92. It was good. Yeah, this is a good issue. We got a flashback to Bruce and Dick when they were younger. Like, uh, Dick snuck out and did some stuff as Robin and got injured. And Bruce comes back ready to give him hell. And Alfred's like standing between Bruce and Dawn. He's like, you're not going in there if you're going to be a dick about it. Yeah. You, like, you go in there and you be a father and you show him some compassion. Take the fucking mask off and be yeah and that was a really good scene i'm really confused about you know what it is about this that you had the distaste for because the way that this ended tells me that this plot is going to continue moving forward it feels like he's giving more attention to nightwing than superman at this point distaste but yeah we got finally on the last page we then got some story moving forward but the the last 10 issues or so haven't really progressed since then we had the guy we had that heart stealer guy introduced and they kind of just escaped from him and then issues like 80 to 90 were just spinning their wheels not doing mm. a whole lot i would be very surprised still, if the next issue does not have a great yeah. deal moving forward yeah i still love what this series is doing and i'm loving seeing this characterization for these people but just this the actual plot just really has barely moved I mean, I'm not going to disagree. Um, yeah, I like. I, th- I love the character work. I think Tom Taylor does a great job of writing these characters. I just think he needs to focus a little more on the story and a little less on the wholesome moments. I think that still, still if have he those had... in there, but yeah, no. I mean, you can have both. I mean, look at what happened with the Doc scene. You know, like six or seven issues back, that was a fantastic scene. That that really shows what he can do, and I think that that is what needs to happen moving forward. And I agree. Um, um, I'm just like I've got this called up, and at the end we've got an ad for that new Batman Fortress series. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this is being written by the guy who wrote the script for Rogue One, the Star Wars movie. Gary Whitta and Derek Robertson. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously we know Derek Robertson. He's doing the art for this. So hmm. it's supposed to be like a Batman Superman crossover, but Superman is missing. The Man of Steel is missing in action. It's up to Batman to stop an alien takeover of Earth. But it's just I did not know it was by the guy who wrote Rogue One. That's one of my favorite Star Wars movies. It hmm. was not one that we would complain about. Yeah, True. it was not one I was hyped for at all. And then it came out, and I was like, oh, that was actually really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Anyway, yeah, I just noticed that and just sort of thought I'd call it out. Sure. Um, I read uh, World's Finest three, and oh, yeah. what the hell else did I read? I also read uh, Savage World's Avengers, Finest three was but... a good issue. I messaged a chat the other day saying it's no secret what Mark Wade was binge watching during lockdown, because um, he's introduced a group of ninjas, one of whom can control water, one of whom can control fire, one earth, and one air. So he was clearly just binge watching Last Airbender. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I mean, it's a really good, it's a really fun callback to a lot of the Silver Age superheroes anyways. I mean, you got Dr. Alchemy yeah. coming along. You've got uh, Mirror Master fighting the Flash. I Has Mark Wade done a Justice League run? I forget. He did Tower of Babel. Okay. And he, yeah, he did maybe like 30 issues of a run. He followed on directly after Morrison. Mm, mm, okay, that makes sense. I... <laughs> I mean, I can't complain about this. I mean, it's Green Lantern shows it's, up. It's a lot of fun. It's... Yeah. It's a lot of fun, but I just feel like there wasn't enough in there for me to really stretch out a conversation on it. Yeah. No, not really, but I mean, one of the things that I... I really enjoy about this is the the attention to detail about the interactions between characters and the beautiful art by Dan Mora. You know, it's a simple yeah. you simply love it because it is what it is. Mm. You know? Savage yeah. Avengers, not so much. Okay. Uh, I think a similar thing could be said. Go on, Tyler. Shout, shout out Savage Avengers. You clearly want to. <laughs> it really bummed me out because the art is actually really not bad at all. It actually reminds me of uh, Steve Mc... Steve McNiven, but I I think that this writer has the potential to do really good, but I think that right now he's kind of getting in his own way of what a comic book writer should be like. There's a lot of, um, not necessarily narration, but essentially it's the author narrating for you, and it's a cool collection of characters. You know, you've got uh, Anti-Venom, uh, Electro Daredevil, um... Conan the Barbarian. You've Which got is Cloak weird they launched Dagger. the series considering they're losing the rights to Conan in like two months. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Because the they're leasing the rights to Marvel, but the owners of the rights have decided they want to make their own Conan comics. Hmm. So it's weird. weird to launch this series with him in it. I think they've been trying when to he's... do a push for Deathlock recently, because that's part of the uh, Marvel uh show that's going around mm. that uh, whatever I, I saw that was like the history of Marvel there was a small section in there for Deathlock so yeah. it seems like they're trying to kind of pump that guy up for something well I think he's going to show up again because he was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so maybe they're going to bring him yeah. back I don't know <clears throat> yeah I really don't um, care for Deathlock. I know that there are people out there who are super fans of him, but it's just not my personal favorite. I I liked him enough in Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, in that fun. iteration, that's cool. The guy that yeah. played him, he was good. <laughs> gun. He was really good yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gun. Gun. Oh, just okay. gun. G U N N. Charles Gun. Okay, I thought. Well, maybe they just called him Gunny. No. Maybe. I'm watching it right now. Okay. Yeah. I'm a yeah. fan, I'm sorry. What a weird way to end his story, though. I don't... Ugh. Sorry. I don't even... My, my bad. Uh, no, 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 you're fine. It's not that. It's just, like, the the way that they ended that series was a mess. It's just very frustrating. Yeah. We don't We don't need to open that can of worms again. I, I will rage yeah. right now. Uh, okay. Uh, I think we all kind of read Batman the Night. Not a lot to talk mm-hmm. about, uh, but this was no. a focus on uh, Bruce... Uh, embracing the espionage side and having to use his playboy persona didn't work out. He's still learning. Uh, mm-hmm. But if the question was, how far are you willing to go to get the item that you want? Yeah. So we see, yeah. uh, I can't think of the other guy's name, but he's willing to just seduce whoever to uh, 
get, you know, the gold. And Tom. Yeah. I gotta tell you, I really didn't think I was going to enjoy this series, and I'm surprised at how much I'm, I've come Chips to really love it. Tyler. Yeah. It's not, not that. It's that it's another story. Batman story, you know? Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. But I think it's... When it was announced, we were like, oh, another thing dealing with his origin. But I think it's actually yeah. done a really interesting take on it. Well, it's yep. a Bruce Wayne really world focusing. tour. We're seeing all the Basically, stuff that happens yeah. before he comes back to Gotham. Yeah. He's and it's also Alfred really well written almost. as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, yeah, the... this is so well written, it makes me very excited for Zadarsky's yeah. ongoing run. We're Agreed. halfway through. Which right Josh now. is going to be picking it up. I, I might have to. Josh is going <laughs> to be picking it up. Yeah, that's right. You you could be pressured into anything in the cult. <laughs> Listen, if you're not going to sell your soul, you have to at least sell your time. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you guys about another number one uh, that I finally okay. got around to reading. Uh, Metal Society. I'm not sure if you Get guys out. picked that up. Uh, this is by Zach Kaplan, and I really enjoyed his Eclipse series. Where, you know... The, oh, okay. Yeah, so he did Eclipse and Port of Earth. Uh, he's done several other things, but I really enjoyed Eclipse. That ran for... That was supposed to be a four-issue series, and that ended up running mm. for 16 issues. Okay. He, it was just like, you got you want to write another arc? Go. You want to write another arc? Go. So there, there's always more to tell, but it's, you know... That part's interesting. Here, it's a world of robots in the 25th century who have resurrected humanity uh our leading lady is part of generation three of rebirthing humans okay. gen one was six people gen two is a couple hundred gen three is several thousand and they're basically supposed to be a novelty uh but then the robots say okay maybe we can use use them for menial labor and our hero has risen to being a fighter uh so we, we have two different heroes here we got a robot hero we got a human hero um it really sets up i think it spends too much time at the beginning setting up the fight between the two it's like a giant advertisement for the fight and the second half of the issue is really how she got to the fight or at least a startup of how she got to the fight uh i'm not sure i really like the pacing i can see where things are going i think it's only like five issues so it's a short series i think we'll probably get into the robots history as well because he's supposed to be you know more of a service droid it's kind of like the movie real steel where the robots built more for defense than for attack Mm -hmm. the art i think is pretty decent uh there's not a lot of I, i don't know how to describe it there's not much line work here it's more just the blending of the uh different colors uh the artist does just is just awful at drawing arms on here i don't know what the deal is they just didn't go to they didn't take that class on how to draw arms (laughs) but uh i'm I'm reminded bits of uh final fantasy 7 the city of midgar where you've got the the upper plate with all the ritz and the, the glitz and the glam and you've just got squalor on the outskirts of the city i think this is a nice uh demonstration of that you've got the city on the top that's just okay. in the outskirts and then you've got just this kind of uh makeshift town here for the humans it's okay like, we just kind of yeah, made kind humans of just to see what would happen that's kind of what the robots idea was and now we don't really know what to do with them but mm. whatever we'll let them kind of be 
Uh, there's definitely uh, maybe something similar to uh, not all robots, uh, but taking a different uh, viewpoint. It, there's definitely a social commentary here on uh, an upper and a lower class, but in this case, uh, the robots are in the upper class. Uh, yeah, I, I think I've gone on too long about this. It, it's it's interesting. There's some weirdness to it, but uh, I think I'm going to read just a bit more of this. It's only five issues. Cool. Movie excellente. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else, um, guys? I also read Flash this week. It continues to be one of the funnest books I read every week. Oh. It's kind of low stakes always, but it's got a lot of heart in there. Um, this issue we see um, inmates have started dying at Iron Heights so um, Wally and Kid Flash Wallace break in to do some investigating and they wear the stealth suits from Young Justice nice Yeah. wait did you say Wallace? yes the black which one, one is that? Wallace. oh okay yeah they the now differentiate them over. having the same name because now one's Wally and one's Wallace. Now, help me out here. They're from different universes? No, just after Flashpoint. Um, they're cousins. After Flashpoint, main Wally didn't exist and it was Iris's brother's son who became Wallace, Kid Flash. Right, okay. But then they retconned it, so she's got two brothers... And two Wallys, both named just after the same brothers. grandfather. Yeah. Just, just two brothers. Two brothers. They were both. And they were both named after. Yeah, both named after the same grandfather. Just to kind of hand wave that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, Wallace has been well written in the Flash stuff. Who's writing? It's just um, this is Jeremy Adams, who's okay. co-writing Flashpoint Beyond. But yeah, in the New Fifty Two stuff, he was written by Scott Lobdell, and it was just bad. Scott he was Lobdell's going around like, using like he was using what Scott Lobdell thought was slang, and he was calling oh. everyone chump and acting street, <laughs> and it was just painful. what like nineteen nineties like street yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, recently he's become a really fun character, and seeing the Wallys team up in this was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's cool. not really like got super high highs, but it's just it's a consistent like eight out of ten book that's got a lot of heart. Cool. Excellent. Well, I think that's it for all the stuff that we read this week. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So uh, we're going to do Picks of the Week now. House of Slaughter. That's easy. Yeah, same. I'm going to go with Thor. Um, Ooh, with a shout different. out to that. <laughs> with a shout out to that um, sequence with Robin and Bruce in Nightwing. Cool. That's fine. All right. Uh, Sean, tell us what's coming out next week. So much. Um, yes, it's a much heavier week next week. So we have a new issue of Action Comics, and this is another Ricardo Federici issue. Yes. Nice. Um, yes. We have... You guys have a new issue of Saga, number 59. Yeah. Yes. Yes, 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 um, yes. We have Hulk number 7, which is Banner of War 3. See, I feel like they could have just swapped that and had Hulk come out this week and Thor next week. Have the same content in the issues. Yeah. Just call them different names. Yeah. 
Maybe. We'll see. It's um, probably just more Hulk content next cause week. Because it's the same artist as well. Maybe. We'll see. Um, we have The Amazing Spider-Man number two by Zeb Wells. Um, we have Something is Killing the Children number 23. And by the time this comes out, you both will have caught up. Huh. <laughs> yes. Um, we have Beyond the White Knight number three. And the cover has Bruce in this sick Batman suit hoodie thing. Sick. I, it kind of looks like uh, Assassin's Creed... Uh, Gotham. <laughs> yeah. Assassin's Creed Bat. Yeah. And it just kind of um, reminds me of Arno's hood. From. Uh, yeah, I see that. Unity, that's what it was. Assassin's Creed, Unity. Mm. Um, we have Punisher number three, which me and Tyler are reading and kind of meh on. Is that just a three-issue I mean, series? I think it's interesting. Um, this is book one, chapter three. This is like so a, it's gonna be a six while. issue? But it's book one, chapter three, so like, how many issues are going to be in a book? I don't know. It was solicited as an eight-issue series, but that seems way too short for having books. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, we have the final issue of Devil's Reign, the Omega issue. That's still going Before on. we get... Um, the main event finished like a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago. This feels like Devil's and then Reign we got this. Forever. It was pretty consistent for like an event. Like I think it was like monthly. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it started December. We got two issues in December, an issue January, February, March, April. And then now we've got the Omega issue, like, two months later. Okay. Um, you guys have the Department of Truth number 18? Yeah. Um, yeah. This is we... the one where they go to Russia. Maybe. Uh, yeah, yes. the Ministry of Lies. Soviet counterpart. Ooh. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Continue. Um, I have lost a book somewhere. I opened them all up. Give me a second. You said something is killing the children. Oh. Department of Truth, Batman, White Knight. Uh, you're yeah, reading have, Deathstroke, right? Yeah, we have Robin fourteen and Deathstroke Inc. number nine. Oh, which are both Shadow of War issues. This it annoys me that we've got like two coming out one week, and then like it'll take two weeks off before another issue. Weird. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Is this the one? Yeah. Is this the last issue of Williamson? No, that's seventeen. Ah, okay. Yeah, we've got a few more issues to go. Um, but there's rumours he might be starting a Batman and Robin book. Okay, cool. Um, we've got the Return of Stillwater number thirteen. Are you guys still reading the that? Final arc. Yeah, yeah it's the final Equal. arc. Are we sure it's the final arc? I thought you were the one who said it was the final arc. I. It was based off of his Substack from Perhaps. Like a long time yeah. ago, like last year. But it just says new story arc. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, you guys have Newburn number seven. I might read this. Okay. But I don't know if I can be bothered with just 16 pages of story again. Jesus. I didn't realize it was January 12th was the last time Stillwater came out. Yeah, it took a little break in between arcs, and we had that <laughs> a little shot. Yeah. How long the between... break did Saga take, Tyler? <laughs> Shut up. Between six. I think and seven taking four months off months. isn't that bad. Anyway. Uh, um, we have Rogue Sun number four. 
I think I'm going to pick that up. Yeah, I'm going to read until at least the end of this arc. It's been fun. Yep. Uh, we've got the second issue of Image. Yep. Exclamation mark. Which is the anthology series. Mm-hmm. So we've got more of the Blizzard by Jeff Johns and a whole bunch of other stories. Yeah. Um, yeah, a new Ice Cream Man story by W. Maxwell Prince. We've got more of Shift by Kyle Higgins. Um, yeah. So I'll check this out. It's better than Skybound X. If you go all the way down, you'll see that Pearl 3, number one, is finally coming I've out. I've got uh, that open I... up here. Yep. Don't, I I'm on top of it. You are I so slow ready. in between. I had no idea. Yeah. I was sort of letting you guys Pause. say anything if you wanted to come out of it. Um, yeah, we've got Pearl number three, number one, which is by Bendis. I'm sure Tyler's going to be checking it out because he's nope. gay. <laughs> I actually hopped off Pearl. Pearl was yeah. kind of whatever for me. I heard it was the best one he published at DC of his Jinx World stuff. Okay. Next one. Yeah, you don't seem sold. Hopefully it's better than... Um... I don't remember what it was called. Anyway. Oh, what was that? What I know was what that you're talking about. The more that awful one? one. Yeah. Well, we all uh, dropped it after Joy's division? Joy division? Joy division, yeah. No. Joy Operations. <laughs> that's it. Joyce Operations. I knew it was one Joy of division. those. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's the band. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's it for next week. So it's going to be hey, a bit heavier than this up, week. Uh, Radiant Red number three? No. No, Josh. No, I will not. <laughs> Alright. There's a lot going on next week. Jesus. Yeah. I know. Too much. Dear Wallet, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, well, that's it. You heard it here first. We talked about the news going on in the world of comic books. We talked about the comic books we read this week. We gave you our pick of the week. And all the stuff coming out next week. So, check in next time. Uh, same bat place, same bat time. Oh, there's and... also that Batman Fortress book coming out next week. Is it? Yeah. Alright. Yeah, it is. That's, like, that's why he remembered it, because I said same bat place, same bat time. So like, no, oh. I was just scrolling down the list and I saw it and like I hadn't opened it uh, earlier because I wasn't going to bother with it, but now I know it's by the right <laughs> one guy. I'm like, maybe. Alright. Sure. Um, yeah. I love how Josh picks the most random DC stuff to read. He really does. It's like, it, hey Josh, this is, really, this is a really great book and you're like, cool. And then you're I like, skim through oh, I Mark, through Mark Guggenheim's reading Aquaman. Or like, <laughs> I don't care about Young Justice, or I don't know. Young Justice when hasn't was been around for a Young Justice book. No, the, uh, seriously, the the Red X, uh, whatever series. Red X. Yeah, why is he named that? Rick and Morty. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. check in uh, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast locations. Thanks to Anchor.fm. You can go to Anchor.fm slash Cult of Comics to check out our RSS feed and make your monthly contributions or go down to Patreon.com slash Cult of Comics. You can go to YouTube.com slash Cult of Comics to also check out our videos where Sean will upload those every once in a while. You can always find us uh, posting every Sunday. Uh, and if not around then, probably around a Monday. And if not around then, then I don't know what to tell you. Maybe we're just hopping off there. Uh, and what else? Give us a dollar. Just a dollar. Give us a dollar. Give us a dollar. Make us holler. We need some new blood boys. More specifically, Sean does, because how else is he going to maintain that youthful complexion? He's only got a couple of years left. Until it all just I, falls. Yeah. I absorb vitamin D from other people. This is the problem vitamin. with... 
because there's not enough there's not enough sun in the uk yeah the problem with uh being english is that eventually it all just falls and then your eyes kind of start going in opposite directions and your teeth are kind of stained from all the goodness very conservative exactly you You turn into a tourist yes are you gonna invite us to your wedding if i ever get married sure yeah oh you don't want to say things like that You'd be like, yes, the the woman I am dating right now, yes, I that is the one, and I will marry her. Yes, of course, yes, yes. And on that note, uh, I think that's pretty much it. You can find me on uh, TikTok at TCBPNW for the time being, at least. And Welcome to Tyler Brown is here. I had to get rid of it because I kept getting spammed. Because of the ivermectin video. Yes. <laughs> People were trying to sell me a bunch of shit. It was it just got exhausting. <laughs> Buy this. No, I don't want to. Check this no, out. No. Yeah. They thought you were one of them. <laughs> Literally. I made one fucking joke video and everybody's like, it works. It really does. I promise. No, it doesn't. It's, it makes Have you cool. seen all that's the stuff it. that's come out about the long-term health side effects from it? What are they? I can't remember. Um, oh, I but, heard it was yeah. good for the North Koreans because they might actually have parasites to kill. Well, yeah, that kind of makes sense, because it's North Korea. They need to get rid of some of that extra shit. The biggest parasite, unfortunately, is the leader of the country, though, so that's the unfortunate the Ooh, fact that he's there. hot takes. Hot takes. And on that note, I'm going to call it good. Uh, this has been the Cult Comics Podcast. Stay safe out there, take care, and uh, read some good uh, comic books this week. Hop into our Discord server. Ask for permission, and we will give it to you. I love you. Goodbye. Ask for... Yeah. Bye. Dash. 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 Dot, dot, dot. The three of us are in a cult.